This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The Sanders almost run through Huddersfield Town's Premier League timer. They knew it was coming. They know it's nearly here now. Confirmation of championship football for next season. There goes the final whistle. Huddersfield Town are down and down on the ground where their Premier League adventure started in August of 
It was a long time coming, but not too soon for some fans as Huddersfield Town slide back into the Championship with an unwanted record of the joint earliest relegation. We'll discuss the Palace games and the implications of that defeat. It's also that time of year when football fans turn from political strategists on multinational trade to high-level CFOs as the football finances are released. We're no different here at Andy Takes That Chance and we'll be looking at the financial data with the help of Simon Taff and Dan Fowler. Joining me in the box seat today is the Whoppinator, Neil Wayne. Uh, while sadly Cozzy is nursing a relegation hangover and Danny is studying for his level one accountancy exam. Good evening. However, what Cozzy has done is he's sent in his thoughts via the power of WhatsApp. So what I'll do is I'll loop those in now um, and see what he made of uh, the weekend at Crystal Palace. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Our time in the Premier League is over. Done in two town style, really. Uh, <laughs> memories a little bit for me of uh, was it two thousand and one when we went down, but was they totally different from the sense that the goose has been cooked for a long time out rather than the last day of that season. But again, it needed bizarre turn of results and uh, Huddersfield Town to do what Huddersfield Town do, uh, and that's yeah, mess it up and down we go. Uh, I wasn't at the game on Saturday. Watched it. Uh, on a stag do in in Portugal uh, I was in a bar where every game was on the screen so you know you knew what was going on uh, obviously watching ours and noticing the other games going in and you saw the early goal for Burnley and you just had a feeling didn't you I think that you know could this be the day that it happens but I thought you know we did what we've done for most of the season we looked you know good on the ball we you know, got in some good areas, but again, never looked like scoring. Never looked like, you know, for me, getting that first goal. Not clinical enough, it's as simple as that. Uh, typically, the best two chances fall to the left back. Yeah. And obviously, Cameron Grant had a big chance as well. But yeah, you just knew that for me, Palace were going to, you know, with their pace and power, going to create something and uh, they were going to have their time in the second half. I did feel that. and then lo and behold on the, one of the other screens in the bar, a big cheer, uh, Southampton fans there cheering and you thought, here we go. And then straight after that, you know, penalty away, again, the pace, you know, too much for Bakuna and yeah, that was it. We were done. And I have to say, you know, I felt a bit emotional in the last 10 minutes. It was very sad, just kind of, even though we obviously know we've been going on for a long, long time, just, just it's kind of sinking in really, you know, that, that that was it, it was done and done in March, which was quite, you know, kind of embarrassing really, but just felt a bit sad really and kind of thinking, you know, if a, a fan is, you know, not sad about a relegation, then, then I don't think you're a you're a fan, really, and even though we've know we've been down for some time, totally different to some of the you kind of the last day jobs where we've you know we've been down, and yeah, as it was sinking in, Palace got the second, and you know, kind of the being sports guys were coming on saying other show was going. This was, I'm really good. It kind of took me five ten minutes to kind of you know come to terms with it again, and fair credit again to the supporters that were there, they were fantastic, and you know did the club proud. Which is more than can be said for, you know, some of our players, you know, during the, it sounds like the off-season, 
for the international break and fair credit to Yancey but for doing what he did. There was rumours I was hearing on Thursday that, you know, he wasn't gonna, you know, give the Danes a chance to play on Saturday or even be involved in the squad and kind of that became a little bit true. I think when we all saw Jonas Lossel's Instagram, if you're on that platform, you know, having a day out in London and yeah, I've got to say, I've got to take my off to see that I think, you know, he's doing it his way. He's, yeah, he's probably upsetting a few people, but that's what needs to be done, you know, for me. Some of them players have let us all down, let themselves down, you know, let, let everyone down and there's going to be a lot of casualties. I really like kind of his attitude. It's not his fault whatsoever, you know. I never really expected much of what, than what we've got really. Yeah, we've won one game. Uh you know, we got. I think we've got a draw, haven't we? And and rest of us that we've defeated, and we know there's problems. We know we just can't. You know, score. We're not clinical enough. And I think you know he's given a lot of these youngsters a go, which is really really good. And I really like it. It's actually really warm to the guy. So I'm hundred percent behind him. I'm really chuffed that Dean came out with a statement on Monday that he did. I think we can you know kind of build. With what we've got, I think it'd be stupid to change it all again. I thought that Times article was very bizarre, based on I don't know what, pathetic. I don't know whether there's been a leak from one of the Danes or whatever you put, or whether the guy's just seen, hang on a minute, you know, he's not playing some of the senior players and just come out with this story. I thought it was rubbish. Glad that Dean's kind of quashed that and we can kind of move on with Siva. But yeah, it's so disappointing. It's kind of, you know, obviously sunk in since Saturday and we all knew we were going anyway, but I think. It just so got in really. We stayed up against all the odds, and it just needed some clever signings. And I'm afraid I think the summer's done for us. The signings has been awful. Uh, there's no point beating around the bush. And yeah, we've not scored enough goals, but we could never have seen De Potter and drawing a blank all season. And Mounier, who's been disappointing as well. If you're being honest, I think there's going to be so many changes in the summer. I think team that trots out in August will be so much different because without saying them, well, the one that kind of trotted away from the Premier League on Saturday, I think supporters though have bought into everything again next season we've got fantastic season card you know, turnout and that as well and it sounds like the reserve kind of list is going to be taken up so we've got that platform there the financial results were really positive and that came out. Obviously, we've not thrown ridiculous money at it and we didn't do much in, in January, which, looking back now, probably the right thing to do. But just felt sad on Saturday that, yeah, it was kind of the end. And to be relegated, it, you know, in March, it's, it's bad. There's no point beating around the bush for me the last six games, more pre-season games. But I'm really warm to see that he's winning me over. I'm, seeing, I'm feeling that we're doing it a little bit different. We're a bit more positive. Front foot, obviously this is not without much of his men in. He's doing it his way. I love his interviews. I think he's very honest, you know, very upbeat. And yeah, there's been a lot said, you know, we've seen on social media from the fans and we're relegated with being embarrassed. 14 points, you know, you know, the brickbats are going to be flying. Obviously the incident with Sean Jarvis and, you know, no doubt you boys will be talked about it today on the pod, but yeah, we've gone down, you know, you can't beat around the bush. The, the fans aren't going to be happy in that as well. And it's just such a shame. But I think we've just got to think, we've got to enjoy the ride that, that is Huddersfield Town. We know what it's like. This is what we're about. You know, it's never a dull season. We're either doing something, <laughs> going up or going down or 
dramatic last gas relegation battles and I won't want it any other way to be honest with you and I'm ready you know to go again in August hopefully you know we can finish the season maybe with another win and some more positive performances maybe some of the younger guys getting a go I don't have really any anger for, for it I'm just sad with the loss of situation I thought you know I think Zanka's played his cards most of the season to me he's not been you know tuned in uh, Billing, really disappointing how that's kind of panned out. You know, I thought his performances were picking up. I really, we were talking him up on the pod, but I just felt, you know, in recent weeks and months, it's not, he's not been good. And, yeah, obviously if he's got himself a move, then good luck to him. But Lossell, really disappointed. I thought, you know, I'm not naive enough to not to think that players talk or agents are doing deals, you know, behind the scenes and stuff. But, yeah, disappointing. I thought he'd bought into the other three away, but I suppose you can't blame him for getting his best deal. It's modern day football. But fair play, see that. If it's not going to be the next season, then, you know, let's give guys a chance that that might be. But, yeah, just summing up for me, just a sad, sad day, really, to go. I thought the fans did us proud. Some of the players that have come in have done us proud, I think, you know, since kind of December when we know that we've been out of it. But just hope that, you know... Everyone gets behind Jan Siva, maybe a new owner again. <laughs> Rumours and what have you, so it could be much changed at the Seal Town on, on and off the pitch in August, ready to do it all again. But yeah, thanks for the memories, Premier League. There's a lot of what miss about Yeah, There's a lot of will miss about you, but the Seal Town's for life and not for, you know, just the Premier League up there, town. Okay, those are the thoughts of. Richard Kosmala, so we'll move on with the the rest of it, Neil. Uh, so anybody is interested in the song from the opening, that's a, a cover by uh, Rena Cahoon, who you can find on YouTube. So, Neil, Palace 2, Huddersfield Town 0, uh, the second earliest relegation in Premier League history, I think by one day, and joint with six games left uh, with Derby. Personally, if we were ever going to be relegated, I didn't really want us to do it by being an answer to an embarrassing uh, quiz question, but there we go. Um, it is what it is. Relegation confirmed? It's been confirmed since December, let's be honest. Um, we've just been sort of treading water until the actual R appears in the league tables. And now it's here. And now it's here. It is, and it's, you know, it's sad to say, but it's... Um, it's fully deserved. So what I'm doing this week is I'm going to mix in the um, the the Twitter questions that we sent out. So I'll be throwing them in at different points during the podcast. And the first one that came through was from your buddy Ben Thorns, uh, mm-hmm. and he's said um, the club attitude. Um, he says he thinks Cosy has said this before, but did the club really have the fight to stay in the Premier League long long term? Or was a defeatist attitude there from May onwards? You could argue it's been there, I wouldn't say from May, but you could argue it's been there since the start of the season. I'd After argue. The, the that... shocking start at City, followed by the Chelsea game. Then there was all the big build-up from the club about the season starts now for the Cardiff game at home, which obviously... We've just played two games. You know, Charlotte's season started on those. We got we took points off both of those teams last season. So it's all been a bit. <sighs> all season's been a bit tepid. I'd I'd argue that that 
attitude mm. has been there since 2012. Um, it's always kind of like bubbled underneath, whereby there's always a bit of a a Huddersfield town feeling, and it and it comes from, I think people constantly downplaying Huddersfield. It's annoying. People yeah. constantly downtread on Huddersfield, and it gets tiring sticking up for yourselves all the time. And I think we sometimes play up to the "we don't belong here" uh, mantra. Sometimes the, the, the only time that that actually stopped. Um, was when obviously Wagner came in, mm-hmm. and he turned it into a positive thing. He did that everyone sort of jumped on the back of, and, and that can only last so long. Yeah, can't it? it made that work for us, and but the mentality from that needed to change at the start of this season after we'd done the impossible in staying up. I think I think maybe it was amazing that we stayed up, and the attitude from the players and everybody at the club was amazing during last season. Phenomenal, yeah, and and maybe. Unless you're inside the club and inside the dressing room, you can only kind of speculate and kind of guess. And it did look like maybe a couple of feet maybe went up a little bit at that time. But I don't think it was ever... I don't think anyone ever kind of was defeatist at the start. I don't think that came in until sort of May. But I think once we'd stayed at once, I think there was a, we were probably a bit blasé that we could do it yeah. again. I think I think there's quite a bit of that involved in that. And also, obviously, we've, we've gone over it a million times on here about the transfer window it was clearly very very poor in the summer we had our doubts even before a ball was kicked that hadn't been the best um quietly we tried to obviously be yeah we tried to be as positive as possible but but yeah we were a little bit but it was um it was poor that was born out in early season form obviously quite a few of the lads that were brought in have hardly played so that tells its own story and we were sort of left with a squad that had ridiculously stayed up I mean how, how they stayed up was phenomenal but that can only take you so far that that momentum that they've carried through from the promotion season into last season can only take you so far they really needed some quality quality additions and you could argue the only one that we signed that was out and out quality was already existing from the survival season in Congolo mm. There's, I think financially, there's always for for us, there's only so much you can do at a financial yeah. level, isn't there? Especially when it comes to paying wages. It's like Newcastle fans are gain at it as we got relegated. These lot have spent fortunes, blah 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 yeah. blah. But Clueless. there's no point buying players that you can't afford to pay every week. You know, they they had a hundred million pound, hundred twelve million pound wage bill yeah. last time they did their and ours were four pound fifty. And ours, we'll talk about finances later on, yeah. but. A club like Huddersfield can't afford to sell its own future possibly down the river, and we've tried to be clever. We've tried to do it, and it's just, it's not worked. No, you know I mean? think, we'll I talk think, about repercussions a bit later. I, I think the club but, know they've got stuff wrong, but I think what you've got to look at is further than that, and and the you know the investment the, that's gone into the future with the new trading facility, etc. That's that that's a that that's cracking. To be fair, to yeah. go on to put that money into it because it's badly needed I think to be as well, uh, just to finalise that as well I think when you've got the wage bill and the structure that we have the, the error for margin is the, the, the margin for error even is so tiny yeah, it's that if, even if you get that slightly wrong then you're done you yeah. know what I mean whereas there's so many clubs could make so many mistakes and yeah. be fine whereas we're in a position whereby we can't afford to make one mistake and, if and also do, going off the previous yes. season if who, who could have foreseen that Mounier and De Poitre in nigh on a full season they'd have two goals between them. De Poitre none. none. You know, it's that even if they'd scored 
five each. You know, another eight goals in that, this season in the right games at the right times could have made so much difference. I'm not, I'm not saying we deserve to stay. We don't. No. We've got fifth. We've got fourteen points, and and you know we're, we're clearly, as it stands, the worst team in this division. It's a fact. There's no hiding from that. I'd, I'd love us to go down a bit of second worst. Yeah, I'd, you know, Fulham could join us today. Yeah, um, I would love us to get another. I'd look. It sounds really pathetic, doesn't it? But I would like us to get twenty points. Yeah, two wins, finish, avoid the uh, the bottom three worst can't teams. See it, can ever. You? you can't. No, but maybe you, you kind of hope maybe that you hope. But you look at the games. That you hope now we're down. You've got to go to Liverpool and Tottenham. So you. Yeah, well, I'm kind of looking at Watford and got to play Man U. You know, it's. I'm looking at sort of Watford or Leicester at home, and then Southampton if they're safe. Maybe you could get something. Yeah, there. We're, we're clutching, aren't we? But the but you know, twenty points, then you avoid the the two records by Sunderland, yeah. Aston Villa, yeah, yeah. and, and then all of a sudden you're not as embarrassed as what maybe you would be with yeah. fourteen points, but. I'm afraid that's where it's come to. It and is, yeah. what it's also come to is the team that Jan Ziva is putting out there. So a lot of talk. We got wind that the three Danes weren't going to play. Yeah. Um, not so great Danes. And we've not done a podcast for two weeks. And the comments that they've made, I think Jonas Lursels had just come out and we were a little bit unsure whether the, you know, as, as to the foundations of whether it was true or not. It seems yeah. to be, well, it is. Um, all three of them have made comments. Um, I've got some of their comments here. Um, Jonas Lozl was asked about being linked with Monaco and Marseille. He said, it's a huge honour. These are huge clubs. Uh, someone I could only dream of playing for it is then is then of great interest. It is a pat on the back and evidence that I did well when I was in France and also in the last few seasons and that I stand on a springboard to take a step I've always wanted. The only caveat you can throw into that is that He's out of contract and he's not being offered another. That's, yeah, that's what's coming in there. So he's, he's also said then whether it'll be with him or it'll be exciting to see. And Lursels has also said he's not heard from Huddersfield is that, or there's been no dialogue since the summer uh, yeah. with regards to a new contract, so he'll be likely leaving. A lot of people took umbrage to that. I, I, I find that disappointing from club's point of view that we've not gone back in because he, he makes that, whether it, whether it's true or not, he makes that sound like he was open to speaking to the club. We've obviously not taken up that option to talk to him about a new deal, which is disappointing because you're letting a very, very good goalkeeper go there for so, nothing. So the first thing that seems obvious is that when he signed for Mines, it was 2016 and he signed a three-year contract with Mines. Um, we then took him on loan for 12 months uh, with the option to buy. Uh, we've exercised that option. Um, what seems to have happened or what I understand has happened is that we've exercised that um, and we've taken over or what we appear to have taken over his contract from mine so that three year contract then becomes our contract Uh, so therefore he's out of contract this summer Um, what I I understand has then happened um, and what I've seen from multiple places that we offered him something in the summer uh, when he came back from the World Cup, Jonas Lussel didn't take too kindly to it for whatever reason. I do not know. No, I didn't know that. Um, and news. and that then perhaps contributed to him not starting the season. But that that's what I'm hearing from little things. Um, I can't sit there and tell you 100 percent that that's true. But this is what I'm hearing from different number of people who you tend to think they have know what's going on. So it seems to me that Huddersfield have offered him something in the summer. I don't know what it was. I don't know what the terms were, whether they were unfavourable, etc., etc., etc. He said no, and Huddersfield have kind of just gone, well, that's it then. 
and it would be disappointing that they didn't come back with a counter offer at some stage if that's not the case because I think he's been superb this season yes. and to his, to his credit he's come out with this comment and a lot of people found it distasteful and disappointing and I was slightly disappointed but understanding at the same yeah. time I think we touched on it in the last podcast didn't we we did and I I kind of don't harbour any ill to Jonas Lursel because he's not down tools he's been great all season yeah. he's even in with the fans at Crystal Palace you know he doesn't yeah. have to do that And could have gone home couldn't he let's it, be fair. exactly so you can see the club obviously means something to him um, yeah. which is what as a fan you want which moving on cannot be said of the other two exactly and so I've only got shorter quotes from Philip Billing, um, and to be honest, out of the three, Billing was the one was the only one that kind of genuinely disappointed me a little bit because he's under contract for another couple of years. Uh, Huddersfield are the club that picked him up when he was sixteen from Ebsbjerg. Uh, have cultivated him, if you like, into uh, a Premier League footballer, giving him a chance. Um, and maybe it's just a little bit ill-advised. Maybe there's a, you know, the the famous. Um, there's been this streak of. Billy big bollocks about him since he brought through to the first team. To be honest, there's, there's always been that rumor, but he never there's been quite bits and pieces that's you know yeah. But he he said I've been in Huddersfield for a long time, so this summer it is time to try a new challenge. The Premier League is great, and I love the English football culture. I know there is interest from others in the UK and abroad. If I were Philip Billy, and I just I stay quiet and just say we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, the club's going. He could have easily knowing that he wants to go. Knowing he's got the contract behind him, knowing that. If he speaks to the club and lets them know that he wants to go, that they'd sell him anyway. There's actually no need to come out and be so vocal about it, to be honest. No. Um, be quiet. Be Do your job till the end yeah. of the season. And then off you go. And then off you pop. And, you, and, and you're more much. likely to yeah. get goodwill from, yeah, you know, from the club as well. Um, Zanka, I didn't think there was a lot wrong with Zanka's comments. He was asked a question and he's tried to answer it honestly. Um, I think because Zanka's not had a great season, I think he seems to have come under a bit of fire because of his performances yeah. rather all I can say is I have a year left on my contract and we'll probably have a talk this summer what the future should offer for both of us uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be the Premier League playing two years in England has been a great experience but I exclude nothing there may be some many exciting football countries in the world that may be of interest to me I've got no problem with that comment to be honest it is what it is and let's be honest he has been um, a shadow of the player that was here last season yeah, the, the one that finished last season was a, a man mountain. Um, yeah. This one's been more of a speed bump, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he has. Uh, but anyway, so we'll move on from those three. Uh, what's also interesting to see as well, Neil, is that um, it's not just those three. Steve Mooney went away with Benin, scored the winner for, for Benin. Yeah. Um, Benin have qualified for the African Cup of Nations, so if Steve's yeah. here next year, he will miss the entirety of January, maybe some of February, yeah. which is something to bear in mind because yeah. he'll be at the... African Cup of Nations. Uh, Stankovic didn't start. Um, he was away with Slovenia. Um, so none of the, them that were on international duty actually started. So maybe it might not have been completely personal for the comments, which is a possibility. But we started in a 4-3-3, Pritchard and Lerva up front with Grant, which was a little bit questionable. Uh, it kind of just shows our lack of attacking we're, options. We're clutching when we're playing a left-back. And he almost scored As the left twice. side of the front three. <laughs> he yeah. almost scored twice. Um, but to be honest, Neil, it just seemed to be. I don't really want to talk too much about Crystal Palace because it just—it's just the story of the season. You start well, you miss chances. It was just another tale of 
huffing and puffing, looking okay, making a couple of chances, failing to take any of them, and then just waiting for the inevitable, and it happened twice. It's the dis- one of the most disappointing things about Huddersfield under Jan Ziva away from home is that mentally in the last half hour we just fall to bits. You know, we saw it at West Ham, we've yeah, seen it again weak. at Crystal Palace. Very weak. Newcastle was horrendous. But I don't hold that against Ziva. That's I don't. It's probably more the system that is trying to be braver and yeah, we're just getting and picked up. We haven't off, got the honest. players for it. Um and we haven't certainly haven't got the, the confidence for it either. It's you can tell they're absolutely shot. I've seen the I've seen all the incidents. Um there's a few people mentioning that Zaha dived on the penalty, but it's, 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 it's Stonewall. It's, it's never seen a dive, it's a pen. No, it's, you know... We, we've slated him enough. We, we, we've slated y- Wilfred Zaha, but Neil, you're six foot five or something, and that, that takes you down, I think. It's a, well, <laughs> it's, it's a pen, in it? Like it's a water buffalo. The, the, <laughs> cheers. Um, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no doubt about it, it's a penalty, the end. It's, it looked like a... You know, I've been really... Um, positive about Bakuna. It's a clumsy tackle. It's it's naive from yeah, him. He's, he's got to do a bit better than that as the game's going on. But he's young. He'll learn hopefully. Um, well, he's been done by a player who was supposedly worth sixty centi million quid. So, and let's let's be honest. One of the things we talk about money. Wilfred Zaha is an exceptional player, Crystal yeah, he Palace, is. and he's one of those players that you need to keep your head above water. Yeah. To just just keep uh, you know to to score, create, etc. Um, we can't afford that. He's supposed to be on 130 grand a week, and he literally keeps Palace's head above water on his own. And that's that 130 grand a week is probably three of our top players. Yeah, uh, it, it's just not doable for us. No, um, not yet. Not- if we'd have managed to stay in and stay up here a bit longer, that could have been the story. But but not in our but current not, guys. But not and, now. No. And it's another reason people are kind of like trying to point fingers at some stage, and it's just like it just is what it is. You know what I mean? Eventually, quality tells, and it's essential what's happened. Leeds are it straight to Moy again, who shoots! What a goal, Aaron Moy! An absolute thunderbolt delivered all the way from Australia! And looking at some of the comments after the game, cause people, have go- people have gone for us. Talksport have had a field day. I've ignored yeah, I everything. Do, I, do, to I do just with don't them. listen to them boppers anymore. Um, some of the some of the comments from players are actually quite interesting because you kind of look at them and you kind of look at their reaction and sometimes you can gain gain a little bit of insight and body language in terms of you know let's see what they say you know because if they're not that disappointed and the body language is a bit carefree maybe they maybe they're on the bike you know etc maybe they're they're not going to be here next year but to be fair it all looked everybody was disappointed on that field nobody sort of walked off no. you know not not caring which is a positive, and one of the two of the questions that we've got from uh, Minardi Forever and uh, the Janino uh, are our thoughts on Aaron Moy and, and the wording that he's used in his interview. Um, Aaron Moy is obviously a, a massive, massive, massive favourite of of mine and of yours, Neil. Best player um, I've seen in a town shirt, thirty nine years. Same for me. In in less, I'm not even thirty nine years old, so. But less for, <laughs> less for me. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Moy said, uh, this, so this is I've got from the Huddersfield Examiner, which is okay to read again after uh, Blake the Snake's gone. Uh, looking to next season, Moy added, the club will have made a lot of money from being in the Premier League for two years, so it's up to them to set it up right so we can be competitive again in the Championship. Firstly there, there's the language that is used. We can be competitive in the Championship. I'm clutching here. But that feels like Moy's, uh, Moy's just kind of looking at it at the minute from the perspective that he's going to be here until something happens so he's maybe there's nothing 
lined up yet, but you would expect... He's already been linked with Newcastle, so you would suspect there'll be Sharks circling. Um, Minardi Forever says, Are you interpreting Moy's words yesterday as a spend and show some ambitions and I'll stay? I'll be honest, I don't think he would ever do that in an interview. I don't think he's ever that way out, Aramoy. I think he's, he's just very, Aramoy, very shy and very Aramoy just matter of fact. hates interviews. Aramoy will say the least amount of words possible in any in any interview situation to get out of there. He does his talking on football pitch. He's a, he's a quality player. If people like Newcastle are interested, if they're not interested, I'd be more surprised. Mm. Um, Although if you look they've at... Got, they've got to come up with a lot of money. Newcastle fans have been at it again. They, honestly, they're the most... I'm not. I'm not going to get too no, offensive. I won't even bother talking about them. To be honest, but they're not worth the. Uh... They were linked, and apparently, Aramoy is not in the same class as Isaac Hayden, Mohamed Diame, <laughs> Jack, and they, they likened him to Jack Colback. So there's your your whoppers yeah, of the week. Yeah. Coming not up. not a clue. Um, I think yeah. I replied to that thread actually on Twitter at some point. Incredibly it? stupid. Some of them. Yeah. Incredibly stupid. Um, they don't. If if they think that he's no better than Jack Colback, they do not deserve Aaron Moy up there. Oh, they deserve anything because Aaron Moy is don't deserve eyes, mate. Every day, all day long, every day of the week, Aaron Moy is a Premier League footballer, the outstanding end. footballer. The simple, end. yeah. So the Janini also said, um, of all of the players leaving, who do you think you'll struggle to find a club for? But. God knows. You never know who, who... I think we'll get a clearer... Lossell, Zanka, Billing or walk into clubs because of reputation. international reputation, etc. Um, the rest of them... It's, it's sort of like you think Colin Kwana, don't you think? Will someone... Because he's not exactly lit up Ipswich who are bottom of the league and you think maybe... And it doesn't strike me as a Seaver type. No, but we don't, we don't know who he wants because Kwana went before Seaver came yeah. in. So, you know, you might want to look at him. Yeah. Colin's a great Van character Parrot. to have around. You know, yeah. when you need people who are going to put it in in that last half hour are mentally tough. Colin is actually yeah, he quite is, yeah. mentally tough. A nuisance. Um, so is his first I'm just not sure if, if Kwana were... Um, if fit how it were going under Wagner in the promotion season, he just sort of fit in as a character and he added to the momentum yeah, with his, it, it, with yeah, his cooking. Was, yeah, <laughs> chef cock. Chef cock. And uh, I, I, there was somebody the other day on, on Twitter put about you know we should go all in and try and get Effler back. No, no. he's he, been injury prone since day left. He was injury yeah. prone, injury prone for the full season, season yeah. that he had the chance to play at Premier League. He was injured nearly all of that. He's gone to Forest. Town have let him go on a cut price so he could get him over the decent wage. I understand he's, why he's, he's hardly kicked a ball there. But I understand why people say that, but at a certain line, you've got to draw a line. And you've got to look forward. Effler needs to be revered for the player he was and the person he was. You don't want him to come back, be injured, and just no. be a complete waste of space. No, he needs to be remembered as. The absolute hero that he was in the promotion season. Yeah, I would and leave it there. left at that. And the same goes with likes of Jordan Rhodes, who people have been talking about, Alex Smithies. Yeah. Alex Smithies is probably a bit different because he's coming into his prime as a yeah. goalkeeper, and if Lursell's leaving, he's not a bad shout. No. But um, with, with like, Joel Lynch was mentioned, it's like, no. No, 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 no. no. I don't, I don't, why can't people see further than who we've had before? You know, it drives me mad. But. So Jonathan Hogg as well. Hogg's 
interview was good. He, um, he he said he was devastated. A couple of things I took from that was he said we need to make sure we put things right to bounce back. So he was very tough talk. I love Jonathan Hogg. He's yeah. a proper captain and leader, isn't yeah. he? One of those. Uh, we need to make sure we recruit some top players that are used to the championship. Um, need to come back and be ready for a fight. I was I was surprised a little bit by that because the Wagner players he brought in hardly any of them have played in the championship. No, um, Wagner didn't really know much about nope. the championship. So I'm not sure that's as important as his other point whereby they need to be ready for a fight because championship, 46 games, maybe 49 if you it's get a slog. Playoffs, it's tough. Look at Stoke now. Um, West Brom. Uh, West Brom on paper probably the best side in that championship along with Aston Villa. West Brom and, and Villa just can't should be the top two in that league without any shadow of a doubt. Yeah, they can't get it together. It's a no. tough, Although tough Although Villa league. just got going now, haven't they? They have, yeah. So I, I kind of hope you kind of you kind of you can't help doing this, but you kinda of look at the championship and you kinda of go, Do you know what we could do with them going up and then yeah, them staying down? Yeah. I do that all the time. I look at yeah. them and kinda of go Aston Villa, big spenders, yeah, I could do with them going up. Norwich, alright, they're already gone, and then Leeds and Sheffield United and you kinda of like mm, you probably want to be up there to next year. Down, yeah, and you kinda of think Leeds Sheffield United, would would Leeds be up there next year if Bielsa walked out and you kinda of like Probably mm. not, no. So you kind of hope <clears throat> to me Ideally, you'd want West Brom and Villa to go, but it's yeah. looking like they both can't. But there we go. Uh, Terence Congola was on Radio Leeds. He didn't really say anything. Um, he was very, very defiant and in what he said, and I quite liked his attitude, um, but there was nothing there really to read about. And then Schindler was absolutely crestfallen. You could see he was very, very much affected. Um, the strangest comments, though, Neil, that came out were how Jan Zivert's um, comments were taken. Um, he just kind of. It's sometimes his Eng- you can see in his press conferences. Sometimes his English is a little bit. He has to check, you know, with with yeah. with the meaning of things. And one thing he said was, "I need to sit down and discuss things with the ownership, uh, with the chairman, the board going forward." I took that when I heard that. I was like, "Yeah, fair enough." He probably wants to know who he can bring in, what he can bring in, and what leeway he's got, etc., etc. But the. The mainstream media and Matt Hughes was one who who picked up on it. Apparently, Matt Hughes is a town fan. Somebody said, but I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Um, he wrote an article. I think Paul Doyle wrote one as well for the Guardian, which is really good. Paul Doyle's a town fan who writes for the Guardian. Really, really good. His his stuff is well, always well worth uh, reading. Um, but Matt Hughes, I'm going to just read some points from what Matt Hughes said and. He said Jan Zivert's future as manager of Huddersfield Town is in doubt after their relegation from the Premier League due to the collapse of his relationship with the club's senior players. The German who replaced David Wagner is understood to have alienated many in the dressing room with a hardline approach since his appointment that has resulted in eight defeats and just one win. Zivert was given a contract until June 2021, just 10 weeks ago, but it's now unclear whether he will stay at Huddersfield for next season's Skybet Championship campaign. Among a number of complaints from the dressing room, it is claimed that Ziva has dropped key players without any explanation and reacted aggressively to defeats. We've, we've seen that, haven't we, in some of his post-match interviews. He looks like yeah. he's ready to batter someone. Uh, Mark Hudson, the under-23 coach, who is now first-team coach, uh, who took charge of one match as caretaker, would be an, a popular internal appointment. So that that came out, which was a bit a bit strange. It seemed a bit of a strange takeaway, but... When it comes from someone like Matt Hughes, who's quite well respected, he's no Henry Winter, but he's he's quite well respected and and high up, you know, in in what he does. When it came out, it was really really strange. So, what what was really good was that the day after, we've seen a statement from Dean Hoyle, which has 
the timing of that was absolutely spot yeah, on. Perfect. So the timing of that was spot on, and obviously I don't want to sit here and just read read <laughs> internet quotes to people. Uh, Gamer James has said, do you believe the reports about Ziva potentially leaving or that he's lost the dressing room? Personally, I don't. And so what if he's annoyed some of the players who won't even be here next season? So Dean Hoyle really answered that in his uh, press release. Um, some some of the takers, I'm not going to read it all, but some of the things I took away which were really good. So season card sale retentions are over 90%, which is which is really great. Yeah. Um, I I wanted to get a, a season card for my little boy. It was his first birthday last week. Um, so I wanted to get him his first season card so it was a terrier member so I was trying to ring up it took, I think it took about 45 minutes to get through because it was so busy um, eventually got there he's going to be sat with us which is amazing but there were actually a queue at ticket office as well there was a queue yeah so there was actually people queuing outside you know it's something like 15-20 people deep it looked what it looked like on the pictures which which is, is really really sort of amazing yeah. and shows the progress that the club has made yeah. and Dean Hoyle Sean Jarvis um even David Wagner, people like that can be really pleased with the the progress that we've made as a football club in retaining um, supporters, and I think a lot of a lot of that's down to the you know the pricing structure and hundred percent and, and the football yeah, on offer. Yeah. So you know, well done to the club. Um, so Dean's also said the club, myself included, is always learning, and we must accept that we have got things wrong this season. Uh, the truth is, you don't end up where we are in the table unless that is the case. There have been some unexpected circumstances, but that haven't helped as the year unfolded. But we must take full responsibility for what has happened, and the book ultimately stops with me. So, firstly, I want to say that that's nonsense, because Dean's illness could not be foreseen; it could not be helped. So, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not. Firstly, I feel bad. I've just said it's nonsense, but I I do not hold him responsible in any way whatsoever. The poor guy was ill for months, and. The most important thing for me is that he's fit and healthy moving forward. And I'm not going to have people blame Dean Oyle for this situation, Neil. And I know you won't either. Nope. It just, it's just the, the kind of guy he is. He's just kind of, everyone knows it's not his fault, but he's really, he's there to take you know take it on the chin. And it kind of shows what kind of chairman we've got. That's why he's done well and, and those people, in everything that he's done. And those people who have kind of invited the speculation that there could be a takeover need to be... I think just need to be careful of what they wish for and, and just kind of just remember what you've got as well. And I don't mean that to sort of brown nose Dean or anything, but it's true. When we, when we go through the finances in a bit, you will see why, you know, um, but fantastic. So he's also said, despite the season we've had, I must stress that the club is in its best position in modern memory. We are strong in every area and we've made sure that every, uh, we've made sure that our first foray into the Premier League will have lasting benefits for Huddersfield Town. Uh, such as the legacy that our improved training ground will give for years to come. Sustainability is so important for every club. Uh, our stability was one of the main reasons we reached the Premier League and that must be the focus again as we return to the Skybet Championship next season. Naturally, players will depart and arrive during what promises to be a very busy summer, but we will not gamble with the club's future by spending recklessly. So, one thing I've said is that I want, and I'm probably, I'm probably going to backtrack on it a little bit now, is that I said when we go down, I want us to put the big boy pants on a little bit and then wallop some money down on a striker. And now I'm kind of like looking at the figures, the financing, going, mm, this may not be possible, and I completely understand why. Um, but essentially, what he's saying there is, we're not going to go down and spend all that parachute money on one player, no. um, which I think is something you'd agree with, Neil. It might be lunacy to go on. Don't get me wrong. 
I want to see us go down and I don't want to hear the old going back to Chris Powell days we can't compete approach with the likes of because now we are the likes of for three years at least yeah. <coughs> yeah so we've gone the other side of that wall now where we are one of those that is the likes of and no I don't expect us to go and blow ridiculous amounts of money but I would expect to see money that's brought in from selling Zanka, billing, if Moy goes, whatever else, reinvesting, and then you're not having to go and blow parachute money. I, that's I, there to support the club and you know look after the club's future. Yeah, there's a question later on from Terrier Blog, which is if we make forty million, what would you reinvest it on? And I would not be upset if we didn't invest reinvest all of what we earned and it was kept dry for other periods. I think there's a a sensible approach. There is there's a few worries that I've got uh, in terms of recruitment. In that, you know, this this director of football needs to be sorted. It, yeah. We we'll, we'll come to that in a little bit. We have a recruitment department. Things are ongoing, you know, um, but we need to make sure that that recruitment recruitment department is is led. I know Josh Morris is the manager, isn't he? Marsh. Um, Josh Mars. I always call him Josh Morris. I think it's a rugby league player getting confused. Plays for school. They plays for school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Josh Marsh, I've even written it down there, Josh Marsh. I've even written that down. But he's, so Josh Marsh is the manager. He will lead that up. Things are still ongoing. Things don't stop because there's no director of football. So that's, that's a positive. Um, but a director of football will need to knit it together. I want somebody who knows different markets who knows different scouts who knows different people not it's okay having a department who can go out and watch people watch videos watch you know make assumptions on who would be good etc etc i want a, a director of football who can go and he can open up different doors in europe he can open up scandinavia he can open up you know like timo pukis coming for norwich for example he's yeah. been a great signing yeah um, i want somebody who can open different doors you know to different scouts and different areas and i think that's going to be really key moving forward is this massively, is this massively. um so hopefully we if it takes a bit longer to get the right man, it takes a bit longer, but hopefully we get that sorted as soon as possible. Uh, so going back to Twitter, so uh, Ben Nichols says, uh, your thoughts on Sievert's willingness to make ballsy decisions, Neil, such as dropping influ- influential players from games and his passion in post-match comments? I'll be honest, when at the start, when he were doing it, the odd one, or having, not so much dropping people, but having a bit of a a direct rant after games, it... <laughs> It sort of concerned me a little I bit. Was, yeah, we're both concerned, weren't we? Because um, man management is so key. It's massive. It's, it's it's a massive part of the modern game. Because, like it or not, footballers rule the roost. They are in, and they are all divas now. They all need to be loved. Yeah, they? they're all very precious and want to cuddle. And um, so I was a bit concerned at first, but then when you hear the stories coming out about the players who were saying, "I see my future elsewhere," this and the other. I then look and I think, bloody good for you, Jan. You were getting told, son. Yeah. I and and if if it's your stance, I mean, end of the day, we're down. We were down before Saturday. We've been down since before Jan Siever arrived. Um. So results, as much as we'd like to get a few more points, don't matter really in the scheme of things. So if he sees the way forward for the rest of this season as blooding your Aaron Rose and your D'Amico Danes and Matt Daly's and what have you. Good. Let's see them. Let's see more of them. 
and the ones who are making it very clear that they've not got anything to offer this club anymore, off you pop. And I won't even have them anywhere near the club. I won't have them training with first team, I won't have them training with kids. I'd basically almost gardening leave job, off mm. you pop, get out, we don't need you. I think it depends on how the player is around the club, doesn't it? So, for example, yeah. I'm not going to name specific... Well, tell you what, we'll use Jonas Lussell. So, Jonas Lussell, from what we can see, looks to have a very positive impact yeah. on anybody. You, you kind of you kind of think he's earned the right to stay out the season with us yeah. and, and do what he wants to do. Uh, there are probably other players that... I'll screw it, we'll name him. Jason Punchin, who's fallen out with people, doesn't seem to be a great influence. I'd just send him back. Yeah. I'd just say, look, off don't, you need you don't here, come yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, I don't come back if... If I need someone, I'm going to pick Kean Harrop from yeah. the under-17s. Yeah. Um, unless Jason Punchin... Obviously, it's different if Jason Punchin's playing for a contract here and he's giving everything, but that doesn't look to be the case, nah, does it? Really. It looks like he's kind of playing for time. Um, so, so that hopefully answers that. Joe Graham says, Hoyle's words about relegation, etc., which we've just kind of covered. Uh, Aaron Tyndall says, who should be held accountable for this season? Dean Hoyle seems to have taken the responsibility. Ultimately, managerial sackings and relegations are caused by bad recruitment. Um, and then Dave B's followed that up with, has to be recruitment every season under David Wagner. We had our squad sorted by July last season. We were bringing players in right up until the end of August. Um, I think... I think it was August 9th we had to get everybody in by, wasn't it? The last, the first game, the evening of the first game. It's impossible to pinpoint blame because simple facts are nobody knows, we're all guessing. So I think you've got to say, as a, as a football club as a whole, there's quite a few people who will have a little bit of blame in the uh, the failure of last summer and people coming so late, etc. And say, not getting the targets all they I'll particularly say the wanted. Re- all I really want to say on the recruitment is your recruitment's only as good as your budget available. Yeah. So if the budget's not there to sign quality players and the budget's not there to sign quality players, um, we've gone for young gambles. Um, okay, maybe some of them will come good later on. We've seen flashes. We, we th- we, me and you thought Diakabi was one, was was Malvin Kamara reanimated, didn't we? Yeah. We sat there and we were just like, he's just like Malvin Kamara, this yeah. guy, you know, he's got his feet on the wrong way around. It'd be good if one of all involved, I said. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> he started to prove us wrong, which is great. We can. I'm happy to sit here and say, do you know what? Hands up, he's done really well in games against Arsenal, etc., etc. Great. If he if he turns out to be one of our main men next year... We'll be delighted. Absolutely we? delighted, we'll be absolutely because delighted. that means we haven't blown seven, eight, nine million or whatever it cost. Exactly. You know um, but it, we can't it, afford to blow that kind of money. No, and he could come good next year, which yep. I'm quite... The, the, the I hope flashes, he does. The I, don't, I don't want anybody to fail, because no. that means if they fail, as a club, we fail. Absolutely. So, I, I've seen flashes where if you push him right up and on that back line, and we've seen in the Championship, Premier League is full of pace. Yeah. What the Championship teams lack when they go up sometimes is that speed to compete. It, it could be exciting with him and so, Grant and one other who's very quick to prov- give you a really rapid three. Providing that teams don't sit really deep against us hmm. and we can draw them in, Diakabi could be a revelation next season and let's hope he is. He could also be Malvin Kamara. But, he could, yeah. But there's potential there to, and, and hopefully... You know, it stands, and hopefully we can bounce. You know, ideally we want to bounce back. You know, we want another. The, the biggest issue is, and we've said it before, we've said it more than once, is that these players were signed in the wrong summer. These players were project players, and we weren't in a position after the promotion and staying up to sign project players, and we signed a good few of them. 
Yeah. As as fans, it's very easy to sit here and say we should sign so and so. I sat last summer. I don't I don't know if I did it on the podcast, but I think last summer I said I'd love us to go sign Mark Albrighton. I just thought experienced winger creates so much. He's like a budget yeah. James Milner essentially. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he? And but the thing is, what you've got to sort of consider then is like how much is he going to cost? If he costs twelve million, for example, he might cost more. But if he costs twelve million, it's it's good value wise. It's quite good because he's going to create etc. But it's not about that. It's about having to pay for him every week in terms of his wages, his loyalty bonus, and his signing on fee, Very his money's appearance, also his goals, etc., etc., etc. And if he breaks a budget and pushes, I think something along the lines of the pies paid players are around fifty-ish grand a week, aren't they? Yeah. Um, if he's, it'd, if he's it'd, up it'd at ninety that. grand, he's going to upset. That's going to upset so much. Yeah. You know, and 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 the club can't afford that essentially. Um, but it would have been nice. <laughs> so, you, you could name ten players like that. Oh, but I just think we, we we missed a trick. We didn't go and sign a couple of experienced, been there, seen it, done it. Yeah, I think that's, that's what, what we, we wanted, really needed. That's what we, we didn't want to fall into the trap of of being those you know dogs of war. No. You know that West Brom have been playing long ball. You know, I watch I watch some of the football that Burnley play. And it's awful. We get limp, we get lumped in with this, which is yeah, completely yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's awful. Um, but some of the football Burnley play is and Cardiff, um, f- uh, Fulham's all right actually. But we've actually had more shots on target and created more chances than Burnley. Yeah, we've got, I've got. They've we'll just got strikers yeah. who put ball in there. We'll come to that sort of article as well in a bit. But we, um, we, we, we actually play okay football. It's just that it's just the end. <laughs> that's that's the problem. But like I said earlier on, though. You can't. It's hard to see at the start of season a situation where you're into April and Mounier scored twice and Depot has not scored. I mean, we've got Carlin Grant who's coming, played how many games and he's already outscored Mounier. Yeah. Which is. It's, that just sums it up. It's ridiculous. Zanka's a top score, well, joint top scorer with three. Yeah, him and Grant. I mean, you, you put... I mean, what did Mounier get last season? All comps, eight, nine? Um, he got seven Premier League. I think it was nine overall. So if he gets seven Prem, another five, I don't know what he's got. The Potter got, what, half a dozen? Got five. It's like I said earlier on. You add those in, another ten goals on top. That's massive. Ten goals is actually season-changing. And David Wagner's probably still here. Yeah, and we're, and we're probably... Probably still in bottom three. But... With a in a bottom chance. three, going into the last six games, scrapping like we were last season. So there's, there's little bits and pieces. Overall, fact, we've not been good enough, but it's not as clear-cut as not being good enough. No. And what we'll do is that there was a, an article in the Times by Tom Clark, not our ex-centre-back Tom Clark, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. There's some really good piece. stats in there. It's, if you haven't read it, uh, it's almost worth subscribing to the Times for a quid for... Who's in? Jepson's there, Billy's in! A goal, Chris Billy, Huddersfield Town! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life! But what we'll do first is, so we'll talk, well there's been another brilliant article released about Huddersfield Town. It's been the week for articles about Huddersfield. Some of them tragic, you know, from your football labs, etc. I don't know if that's a website, but there's a few have done pretty pretty poor ones. Um, but one really good one is the Swiss Ramble, which is always worth a follow, and it's about football finance and you know price of football. Kieran Maguire is also really good to 
to follow if football finance is your thing. If it's not your thing, then the next 10, 20 minutes are probably not for you. But I don't know about you, Neil. My my background is is not financial services. Nope. Um, so we so instead of me and you sitting here going, oh, don't my wage bill look all right? What I've decided to do is get in touch with a couple of people, and what we'll do now is we'll ring a buddy of mine. Uh, when financial data appears and it looks like rocket science, what do you do, Neil? You ring a rocket you scientist. You ring a rocket scientist. So, so I'm gonna. What so what I'll do is I'll hook in my mate Dan Fowler, who is a rocket scientist, believe it or not, who now works in the music industry, but has a strong uh, link to finance. So we'll just ring him in. Right, Dan. So welcome to the podcast. So Dan, you've got um, background in all sorts of areas, haven't you? You've been to London, Dubai. You've got bits and bats all over the place, and you know. Little bits about finance, which makes you far more qualified than, than me and Neil here. So welcome to Andy Takes That Chance. Cheers, cheers. <laughs> so the big build-up. So this week we've seen the Swiss Ramble have done a piece on Huddersfield Town's profit and loss account. What's probably quite key to remember is that this is for last season and things like the wage bill, the spend, etc., etc., is not applicable to this season that we're currently going through. So these are up to the... Is it the last financial year or has football slightly changed, Dan, so they do it to June? I believe it's the last season. Okay. So what's your sort of take-home from the Swiss ramble and, and the finance itself? So how does... We can see there's a huge difference, can't we, from Championship to the Premier League. The broadcasting revenue is is astronomical compared to you know what we got in the championship so it's 102 million pounds more but is there anything that you spot in there which shows that there's essential growth at the football club yeah i mean that's a that's um it's a really interesting question i I think you know this sort of first feeling is that it's exactly what we thought it would be going up to the premier league um the it's a completely different ball game the amount of money that we've made in the last year oh so it's not the last year as you said it's the previous season first season in the Premier League, was more than the previous five seasons combined in the Championship. It, it's, it's completely different. I think, you know, the, the, main, the, main, the main point you can take from it is that, um, you know, when we went up, what we all wanted us to do was to kind of compete, um, but not put our future in jeopardy. And that's exactly what we've done. I mean, uh, you know, our wage bill was, what, 15 million lower than the second lowest uh, club? Yeah, so I think it was 54, but I think the bonuses, you know, of, of survival take that up to 62.6. So this season, so if we take it that this season the wage bill is the same, which it won't be because there'll be, you know, there's extra players, Congolos coming, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it will have increased, but those bonuses are obviously not going to be applicable this year, sadly. Yeah, and I think the positive thing you can see from those bonuses, and obviously the previous season, I think they paid out 12 million um, in promotion bonuses as well in wages. Is that you know, like I think as fa- as fans, we've always wanted the club to reward um, players for doing well, um, and you know have have things in place when things don't go so well. And you know, we don't know exactly what the terms of everyone's contracts are at the club, but you know, you'd hope that there will be uh, clauses in there that when we do get relegated, or what well, we are relegated now, but you know, for next season, that everybody will have a sort of twenty, thirty, forty percent, whatever it is, um, reduction. Uh, my well, our understanding is that it's quite a severe reduction. So, yeah. hopefully, hopefully that is the case. So, um, a couple of take-home points, really. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, as I say, I think you know, we 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 spent 
you know, within our means, which, you know, is, is a ridiculous statement with Premier League, um, with the finances in Premier League. Um, and I think, um, you know, as I say, it paints a very good picture financially for the season before this one. Um, and you'd, you would hope that it'd be even better for this year. I think, um, obviously, we spent about, was it 60 million on signings in the summer? Yeah, um, just, under, yeah. just to basically try and patch together some form of Premier League side. Um, and we had to spend something like 20 million on stadium upgrades. Um, so I think, you know, what well, that was sort of like one time spend. Um, mm. So you would hope the finances would be stronger. Obviously, um, uh, signings, uh, you don't pay it all up front nowadays. And so we'll be paying out for those signings over the next couple of years. Um, but, you know, it's it's generally a, a really positive picture. And I think it's something that we, sh- we can all feel quite quite um, positive about as we go into the next season. Okay, so some of that from, from my reading. So I've also um, had a little help from a, a Huddersfield Town fan called Simon Taff as well, who's who's helped put together some points on this as well. So um, thanks to Simon as well. Um, so in terms of broadcast revenue, what we've seen is we've seen that massive jump from 7.5 million to 109.9 and even the 7.5 million slightly inflated because we were on Sky far more times than what we were previously due to the uh, the promotion run. Yeah. Um, so this coming season, we should really expect a similar 110 million pound for this season as it's part of the same um, football deal running through to the end of this season. Yeah. Um, so the parachute payments of what we understand uh, when we arrive there next season. So the parachute payments in the first year will be 55% of the uh, broadcasting rights, which um, are likely to be about 38 mil. Um, yeah, I mean, I think on Swiss Rambler it was 42 million. Um, but yeah, it's, it's in that kind of in that kind of ballpark. And the, the really interesting point in that as well is, you know, if, if we're talking about kind of what kind of financial situation we're going to be in next year, um, 42 million plus um, in our promotion season, we made about 17 million. Um, puts us at about... 59 60 million pounds revenue we'll get next year so um, what's quite what's quite interesting sorry dan is is that the the football deal runs out doesn't it so it's a 5.14 billion pound deal mm. um that expires at the end of this year mm. uh in three you know and, and what we have then is a 4.55 billion deal um but the amazon package hasn't yet been announced as to what that is mm. so um i think the estimated parachute amounts are based on the deal next season so my understanding is that the the parachute payments will be based upon um what the next uh what the next deal will be right okay that's i i didn't realize that. actually I, I assumed it'd be frozen from sort of this this yeah I, I, I think we're, we're kind of just kind of guessing because it's never yeah. never that cut sort of cut and dried is it um yeah. so if you know so we've not obviously not got the amazon package in so that 4.55 billion so should really equate to uh, so the way it's split or seems to be split is fifty five percent in the first year, forty five percent the second year, and then in the third year, it's twenty percent. Um, so currently, that would be forty two million on the on the current TV deal. Um, based on the next one, it's possibly thirty eight, and then thirty one, and then fourteen million yeah. is the yeah. is third year. So what essentially my take from that is that for Huddersfield Town, we've got two years really to get out stuff together and and mount a decent challenge to get back up otherwise once that runs out we're back to um you know 2016-17 whereby we're creating seven you know 7.5 million tv money and this 30 40 million pound a year is no longer there that's that's exactly right i think um as i was saying that if you put the parachute money plus 
um, the sort of revenue we get in the championship together, that puts us at about 60 million. Um, this, so last season, that would be fourth highest in the championship. Mm. Um, so we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to have sort of like top six revenue um, for next season. And then we'll have probably about the same the season after as well. And so you're right. You're absolutely right. We've basically got a project now for the next two seasons to see if we can get back up again or not. And then we've got a third season to kind of, if we need to, consolidate and kind of hopefully settle the mid championship if, if if that's what has to happen. Yeah, and what's quite interesting as well, just dipping off the off the subject as well, Neil, just to bring you back in, is uh, at the end of next season is when most of the contracts expired. You know, so Aaron Moyes, Aaron Moyes contract goes, um, and a number of others. So I think there's sort of ten, twelve out of contract then, and that's when you kind of look and you think maybe that's when the the a major overhaul could take place if we can. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Can't get that done this summer. I think that'll happen this summer, to be honest. I don't, I don't think they'll be waiting until those contracts are coming to an end. I think town are a bit more savvy. I think we're more likely to try and sell Aaron Moy for 20 million-ish now rather than let it run down to getting a couple of million in the January before he's out of contracts, etc. It's just not the town way. And it's looking at the figures. We've gone up there, we've earned this money. It, it'd almost be foolish to lose an asset like that for... You know, so a, a very, very little sum when he can get circa twenty million for him now. I think that, that's exactly right, and I think you know what we were just saying then is that if we've got two-year projects ahead of us, if there's players who are going to be running out of contract halfway through that, that that doesn't really work on the same thing. I think you know Jan Seward needs to um, needs to be going into next season having assurance that you know he's going to have backing for a couple of years and, and build the right team to to sort of execute on that. Mm. What's quite interesting, another way to maybe look at that is uh, Aaron Moy's got a two-year contract. The, the likelihood of him staying regardless is probably slim because he deserves to be playing Premier League football. Um, but if he was to stay, another way to look at it is we've got two years of Aaron Moy and, and do you maybe trade off that transfer fee loss? You know, Say, for example, he's worth £20 million in two years, he's worth nothing. Do you maybe trade off that twenty million? And obviously, twenty million is pie in the sky. We don't know what it'll, it'll go for. Um, or do you then keep him in the hope that you get another hundred million in promotion? So that's obviously something that the club will maybe have a look at and, and have to weigh up. But obviously, the the player's happiness in and amongst it all is uh, is key. It doesn't sound very Huddersfield townish that to me. Gambling. I just yeah, it's just not. I, I can't I can't see that being a scenario in any shape or form. Unless Aaron Moy point blank says, I want to stay, 
which is unlikely. He's a footballer at the end of the day. As much as we love him, he's a very sort of down-to-earth kind of bloke. He's a footballer. He's got a short career. He's arguably in his prime. This is arguably his best time to get his best possible move for his life, for his family. Um, so I, I fully expect to see Aaron, Aaron Moy leave this summer. And I think for 20, 25 million quid, which I think is fair fee, and I think he's one of those players who we would just wish all the very best. Yeah, I completely that, agree. It's a reinvestment because then you don't have to touch the parachute payment money. Then, yeah. you know, you can that can that can be there to support the club for the future, and then you're then looking at reinvesting transfer fees. So that's money earned rather than looking at the business side of it, the parachute payments. Which I, I'd sort of say that that kind of money is more for the football club on the business side of making sure we've got a solid foundation going forward in the future. Whereas obviously the more money can reinvest, you could, you could buy three very, very good championship players for that kind of money that we could get it for him. Yeah, I completely agree. I and mean, I think, um, you know, Moy would walk into any mid table Premier League side. Um, and, you know, you know, if he, if you, if he, if that's what he wants to do, then, you know, I think I completely agree. He'd go with every single town fans blessing. Um, here's, there, here's, there's another element as well, just on that as well, um, about not dipping into the parachute payments. I mean, we made thirty million pound profit last year, um, and we're probably going to—I would imagine—we'll make at least that again. Uh, it, I mean, if you took the twenty million down that um, Hoyle had to loan us to get the stadium up to Nick, um, then you know that's going to be like fifty million pound profit. Plus, you know, obviously we didn't spend as much in terms of transfers, so like we could be going down with you know up to eighty, eighty, a hundred million. Um, in terms of profit that we made while we're up here, what's what's interesting for me, Dan, is that I'm, I'm going to spring this on you now without prepping you, and it's very unfair. But we, we're going to look at oh, one thing that's kind of come to my mind is is financial fair play, and and that's one thing which is quite key uh, in the championship. And would selling Moy for or, or that parachute payment of thirty eight million, forty two million, which whichever it is. If we make enough money in the transfer window to keep keep our rotation going of players, um, that forty million pounds could we keep that in the bank, so to so to speak, and then or would financial fair play go from year to year? So, for example, if we leave that three year period, we've obviously still got that money sat there, um, but could we then use that money from three years ago in in terms of financial fair play? Or am I asking a bit too much there? Yeah, no, I mean, as far as I'm aware, when it comes to financial fair play, it's kind of your how much money the club's bringing in versus how much it's spending. Um, so, like, money in the bank, um, I would, as far as I'm aware, um, doesn't count in that kind of equation. But what it will do is it'll plug the gap because, uh, you know, we all know that it's impossible to run a, um, a profitable championship club. Mm. Um, so that will give us, you know, a really good sort of nest egg to, to be able to sit on. And sort of, um, and you know, keep the club going through that period. Yeah, so we'll we'll move on. So um, did well there, Dan. Well done, mate. <laughs> so in terms of match day revenue, we've jumped up from four million to four point eight. It's not, it's not astronomical, but it's progress, uh, which is really good. So match day, your match day revenue is it tends to be, you know, what's happening, and you know, with people turning up. I think the the key to that is there's an extra four thousand people on the gate that are turning up, which have helped uh, with that, um, which I and Simon both think should stay relatively quite high next season, Dan, with 
with the uh, the attendance t- or the season ticket take up as well. Yeah, I think so. I think um, one thing to remember in that as well is that that was a hundred pound ticket, hundred pound season ticket season as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that, there was four thousand of them, wasn't there? Yeah, so that that's that's going to sort of deflate those numbers a bit. I think you know, like we kind of the club, we all real, had a bit of an epiphany about three years ago and realised that actually it makes sense to have cheaper season tickets and more people in there to create an atmosphere. Um, and, and I don't see us changing that anytime soon. I think that's been so instrumental in everything that's happened over the past couple of years um, that, you know, the, the extra couple of million we might be able to pull through on that, um, it isn't worth it in the long term. Okay, so commercial revenue is an interesting one as well because um, yeah. people kind of look at commercial revenue and just think um, probably incorrectly that commercial is, is sort of maybe just people coming up and selling boxes, um, but it's not just that with with Hood, or us selling boxes even on, and then buying them. Um, so that increased from 2.3 million to 7.4. Um, knowing what you do, Dan, some of these deals you would maybe, it's what Simon said is maybe some of the, these deals will be long-term. So despite relegation, we maybe hopefully could maintain that to a decent level. Yeah, I think so. I think um, one thing I'm not totally sure on, does that include the... Um... Shirt sponsor is that part of the commercial? Yeah, I would imagine that would be part of the shirt sponsor. So, Ope Sports, Neil, was that a two-year deal? Can you remember when they came in? Two, I think. Yeah, two. So I think we obviously we can imagine that we won't be getting a Chinese gambling firm sponsoring us next year. Maybe we will be. I think half the half of the championship is sponsored by Thirty Two Red, aren't they? So I won't be surprised to see them sort of rock up on the shirts at some point. but yeah, so that 1.5 million deal could be gone. But we did sign with Umbro last year as a commercial partner, so that deal with Umbro you would hope would maybe stay the same as well. Um, and moving from Umbro, we've got the retail revenue as well, which has increased from 1 million to 2.1, which is which is a good a good double. But that's I think partly down to a big influx of shirts. You know, as we've entered the Premier League, we're selling shirts to Australia, aren't we? And be interesting to get Sean Jarvis on at one point as well to sort of see how far these are going. Obviously, we know we've got Sivan John over in Malaysia who's flying the flag for us over there, and we've got uh, people in Australia, our mate Ian Kilroy's down there in Australia buying things. And, and quite a lot of USA, isn't there? Yeah, USA Terriers are quite quite big on on this podcast as well, which is great. Um, we, we've got all sorts of numbers all over USA, which is brilliant. Um, Hopefully we'll probably see, you know, the, the Umbro shirts, uh, Cosy doesn't like Umbro, it's a shame he's not here to argue his point, but Cosy doesn't like Umbro, I, I like Umbro, but I would imagine that those will stay popular and and maybe we won't get the full 2.1, but I would ima- I would hope next year, that w- obviously this year we've, we'll probably be up there still, but when we're in the championship, I would imagine it would still be quite high. Yeah, I mean, I think um, what will be interesting is to see how much kind of residual interest there is in us when we're not in the Premier League. Obviously, mm. we've made a lot of new fans since we've gone up, um, and it'll be interesting to see if we can if we can keep them or not. Um, I think um, on on commercial revenue, there's a kind of there's a really interesting point here around sort of local versus international. Um, I think I, I I actually I met with Sean Jarvis a few years ago. Um, it was um, oh, it, it was when things weren't very good. I think we'd had sort of like a, a, quite a challenging year in Championship, and me and him had a. God, it was like a six-hour meeting. Just I, I just randomly contacted him 
and he said, yeah, come down to my office. And then six hours later, I'm like, well, oh, bloody hell. Okay, <laughs> well, that was a good chat. Um, but his, his, his focus then was around how to build up a kind of local community of businesses supporting the club. Um, I think he called it the like hundred club or something like that. I just feel hundred, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it, yeah. So that was his dream then, and he's kind of executed on that, which is really really cool. Um, but I think that you know there, there's a, there's quite a low ceiling in how much money you're going to be able to get like, extract from the local community, and so that's yep. where he's kind of tried to focus more on international stuff. Um, you know, like heading out to the east and stuff like that. I think you know probably to make success. Um, obviously, we we don't know everything as as fans out, you know outside of the club, um, but um, it doesn't seem like that's been particularly successful. Maybe it has, um, but I would imagine it's going to be even harder to see that next year. And so there's a real question here around like how much we can push the commercial revenue of the club. Um, understand there's a bit of a payoff in terms of you know as you're ex- extracting more and more money from your fans, um, you know you start to sort of push them a little bit more. Um, and how much there's a payoff, how much you want to push that versus realize that we've now got a shared load of cash. Maybe we don't actually need to push that side of it as much. Mm. So we'll move on to maybe the, the last the last point really that we've got here, which is probably a bit more interesting for, we'll, we'll, we'll actually do players' wages, but we'll, we'll probably, um, I think some people will find this, in, I found this interesting, obviously not everybody's as geeky as me, Neil, but it's the uh, player amortization. Um, I always I always feel like I'm saying that wrong. Amortization um, is is quite an interesting one for me. So apparently that's increased to 17.1 million. Uh, for those that don't know what that is, and I had to look this up as well. Player amortization is uh, so if if we sign a uh, so Terence Congolo will use as an example, he's coming for allegedly 18 million or 17 18 million pounds. We wouldn't pay that all up front. We would spread that out over the cost of uh, over the course of his contract, almost like buying a car on PCP or finance, if you like. So the amortization is the amount that we still owe on transfers, I believe, going across over the next couple of years. So instead of taking a full hit in one, uh, we'll spread that out over the lifetime of of the player's contract. Um, so, for example, if we if we signed, uh, we'll use Simon's example here of Congola, and he said if we um, Sign, you know, if it's 4.5 million a year for Congolo, what's quite interesting is that the amortization rate then drops by 4.5 million to sort of say 13 and a half. Um, and the question is then, and a different way to look at transfer. So we're looking at Aaron Moy uh, as a potential sale. I presume we've probably paid off the majority of the Aaron Moy transfer now. I think he came in for sort of between eight and ten. Um, but Terence Congolo came in for eight million, will have played a one year installment on that. And if that's for even amounts, we've probably got 13.5 million left. And you would wonder then, would the club then cut their losses, so to speak, on on what they're paying? Because obviously in the championship, 4.5 million a year is quite a heavy layout. So you would maybe think that maybe, and, and you start looking at players in different light, and you start thinking if if that amortisation is going to go on for another three years of 4 million, 5 million quid, then maybe the club will cut the losses and maybe we might not get as much money for some players as what some people expected and maybe some people might be in for a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I think this comes back to the point we're making earlier about financial fair play. That's the reason why you do this is so you can spread things out over time. Um, I would imagine that all of the kind of amortisation we've done will be, um, you know, every, every, the club had to expect us to go down this year, um, even at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, we hoped that we wouldn't, but 
you know, reality, as you were saying earlier, Neil, like the Huddersfield Town way is a, is a reality way. Um, and, you know, everyone at the club would expect it to go down. And so, so you would assume that any signs we brought in would stagger against parachute payments coming in. Um, so, yes, I think that there's a question around um, whether we'd want to kind of speed that up um, and, and sell them on. But to be honest, we'd probably still be paying that amortization off um, because that's just the most economical way to do it. Um, and so all we'd be doing is then taking in money on a similar sort of structure going forward as we would take it, uh, as we would be paying it out. So it, it, I, find, I find that sort of quite interesting how you pay over the, the length of the contract. And I think also as well, another thing which will go back onto players' wages as well is the way I understand it now is that wages are obviously paid weekly as normal. But loyalty fee, you know, I think players now get a loyalty bonus and they also get a signing on fee. And the signing on fee is also staggered across the length of the contract as well. So that's also when somebody's getting 50 grand a week, he's not just getting 50 grand a week. He's also getting his signing on fee and his bonus, as well as a number of other bits and bats, you know, across across the contract. I think yeah. um, I think bonuses might be shown far between this season if we're being brutal. <laughs> I think they've... Swap three wins, <laughs> yeah. three wins, and, and, and a ridiculously minus goal difference. I think yeah, the loyalty, we... loyalty bonus might be questionable about some of the Danish comments as well, isn't it? <laughs> but there we go. Um, but sorry, Dan, you were saying? No, I, I, I was just about to make a joke about the fact that we're not exactly going to be paying that much goal bonuses, are we? <laughs> no, I think we're all right, aren't we, for uh, for a lot of it next year? Um, so, thanks to you and. Simon for helping a couple of uh, a couple of idiots out here when it comes to finance. I'm sat here with my finance for dummies book. Um, Neil can't even be bothered reading it, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sat nodding and filling in where I can. <laughs> I think so, um, if there's time for just one more point, I think there's there's yeah, there's, a, there's a really interesting thing that kind of looking looking forward two years. So so say we're about to go into a two year um, project. Let's let's call it that. Um, and Hoyle seems to be set in for that. Um, there's a question around whether that's his last go. Um, I think, you know, he obviously he's had his health problems and, um, and, and you know, we've been through quite a bit over the past year. Um, he seems to have kind of publicly stated his support for Seward over the past couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, which kind of implies that he's going he's gonna to help him push for that. Um, but I would... I, I, so. Yeah, I... I, I, you know, if if we don't get up over the next couple of seasons, then I think that then raises a really interesting question for Hoyle. But he's sunk what fifty million into the club now. I think you know we're now in a position where he doesn't need to put much more in. Hopefully, um, unless we get back up again. But then hopefully we should we should be good. Um, yeah, so I was going to say canal side holdings will probably be separate. I think to the club as well. So you probably don't see you know the true reflection of maybe what he's put into the club as well because it'll be under separate accounts. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I think I think it's an interesting point there, whereby you know that there could be an opportunity in a couple of years' time, whereby Hoyle can say, right, I've done my bit. The club's in a secure financial position. We we're now probably settled in for some years in the championship. Maybe now is the time to sort of hand over the reins. Potentially, I we we obviously hope that never comes because of course, of course, when you know you, you don't get somebody just happy to fit a five million pound loss a year do you in the championship it's you, you have to find somebody pretty special to want to do that and 
the reasoning why they want to do that as well is also very important for me as well. So you've got a true fan who's happy to prop up a loss because he, he loves the club. There's not a lot of money in Huddersfield. So the likelihood of the next owner could be from abroad. It could be from over here where I live. It, it could be, you know, it could be from anywhere. And you all, if somebody comes in such as that, you always, I always question the motives of why they are here in the first place. And that's, that's that's always going to be my question. If somebody new comes in, why are you here? What are you hoping to achieve? And what happens if we don't achieve it? Completely agree. But then on the other side, Hall isn't isn't going to be around forever. Don't um. say that, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much for your input, Dan. Um, we'll have a catch up soon, buddy. And uh, thank you to Simon as well for his input on that. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Dan. Thank you. Thanks, mate. single one of you should never forget it doesn't count how big you are it doesn't count how experienced you are it doesn't count how nice you are if you have passion desire you have no limits no Right, Neil, we are back in the room, so thank you very much to Dan Fowler. Um, you can see why I've got him on there. He's a very bright lad, uh, really, really good guy, so hopefully we can get Dan on more as uh, as next season and, and this season progresses as well. Um, so we'll move on, mate. So we will move off of finance because we are out of our depth. Absolutely. And we will go on to a couple of articles. So Paul Doyle wrote an article. I'm not going to linger on that because he also questioned the, you know, I think he got the terminology of what Jan Zivert said wrong. Um, so, but Paul's decent, you know, if you want to read his stuff. Um, the best one that's come out, and sadly it's behind a paywall, so maybe not enough people will get to see this, um, is not our ex- Academy and centre half Tom Clark, but the journalist Tom Clark, he wrote a um, an article on us uh, about I think it was uh, dissecting. I've now closed it, but I think it was about dissecting the um, the tactics that he's done, um, and he wrote a really really good article. And there's a few points that I've pulled out which I think are worth sort of mentioning, and. We sit, we sit here, as fans, we sit here and we think, do you know what, we've been unlucky today. And then you think, are we just biased or is it true? So it's always good to get or to see somebody who's neutral, who doesn't care whether we're good or not, um, throw that in. And he's done a lot of digging into why we are where we are. And it, it, what seems to have annoyed him and it annoys us is that people have just gone, oh, I just feel bottom of the league, 14 points, rubbish. And, you know, during a little break, you've played a clip by... Adrian Durham, who's an absolute top grade whopper, yeah, and he's just yeah, gone yeah, on yeah. the rampage about not trying and you know absolute garbage. Yeah, you know, what a guff. Yeah, but Tom Clark's come up with something really good. So he's delved into. He's done his research essentially, unlike most of the people that go on TV and, and radio. Um, so there's just a couple of points that I've pulled out. So I sort of said. Of the teams to have played in the two seasons Huddersfield have been in the Premier League, they are 20 goals shy of the next team in the list. Everybody knows we can't score goals. Every idiot on TV, Danny Murphy, even an absolute idiot like Danny Murphy can see, we do not score enough goals. That's that's that, you know what I mean? 
Um, but he's looked a little bit deeper than gone. Huddersfield have gone down because they haven't scored enough goals. That's what Martin Keown said the other day. Um, that's as deep as he went. Um, and to be fair, he doesn't care. Martin so. Keown is the missing link, though, isn't he? Let's be fair. He, he doesn't care, does he? As long as it's not Arsenal, he's not bothered. But what he's also put is, he's put, while goals haven't been their strength for a while, it is not for the want of trying. Whenever I've watched Huddersfield, they do create chances. They've created more than Burnley, which is what you said earlier, Neil. 508 chances to Burnley's 494 in the past two seasons. Yep. It has just been that key finish which has been missing, as suggested by their poor conversion rate, despite having more shots than both Burnley and Brighton. Uh, to compare those three teams when you think of goals, Brighton have Glenn Murray and Burnley have Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes. All three would likely start for Huddersfield ahead of Dupuatra, Munier or Kachunga. There's no doubt about that. They would all play for us. Yeah. Uh, but what is interesting is that despite scoring fewer goals and having a worse shot conversion rate, they have created more chances. 31 more chances, to be exact. And that's us from last season to this season. So despite scoring less this season, we've actually created more. Um, and there have been 141 more passes and crosses into the opposition box and 83 more touches in the opposition box. Uh, and one of his points at the end is could it be that in attempting to move away from that more pragmatic style which you see you know at the bottom end of the Premier League have Huddersfield become undone and he says I remember watching several Huddersfield games last season where having been impressed by their organised defensive work against big teams they then struggled when they were presented with a side who they could if they wanted to attack and he's used Swansea as a, a, a good example um for me, it's really worth reading that article because it, it gives us the right amount of respect and um, it gives a true reflection of what's happened this season. He also talks about penalties and how Huddersfield should have had more penalties than what we've got and etc. We've we've covered those, haven't we? And there's no point bagging referees because there's more to it than just a couple of lucky decisions. Um, but for anybody who wants to look at it, it's a really interesting article. There's a lot of graphs in there to show you know what's what's gone on. Um, it's just a sensible piece. It's somebody who actually gets it and somebody who's actually taken the time out to look outside the box and not just go for the, they don't score enough, the strikers are rubbish, the defence is rubbish, they lose every week, etc, etc. They've actually gone in there and delved and, and looked at it properly as we would as fans and as we have as fans. And maybe we said quite a few times, pre Wolves, which was sort of the end of us as a, a team this season, Wolves away. We we said quite often up until then that this is actually a better team than the one we had last season. And we were, you know, just a few bits of luck and maybe a player or two shy of being, you know, competitive in the bottom half of this league. He also mentioned, he touches on the mental strength in that we've, when we've gone in front, we've lost more games this season than when we've gone in front. Um, and he's also pointed out the the main the, one of the main reasons we got. You know, we, when we beat Wolves, we were starting to look really good. It was that midfield, you know, that diamond midfield that we yeah. had. We had Hogg sat at the base, um, Pritchard at the tip, and, and then Billing Moy and Billing Moy, yeah. either side. And the, all four of them, all four of them were playing reasonably well at yeah. that point, uh, especially Philip Billing. Yeah. Um, it was when Aaron Moy got injured at Arsenal, which is where that all that shape, that system, and everything sort of unravelled at that point. Um, and he mentions that as well. And you know, the most frustrating thing about that for me, and I've said it, and I've banged the drum about this 
since pre-season. Take the injured out of it. We didn't know we were going to get injured. But take that out of it. We knew that he wasn't going to be here in January. And my biggest bugbear throughout the summer was we needed to replace Aaron Moy ready for January coming because he wasn't going to be here. And he's simply, head and shoulders, our best player. He's not by a Jack long... Colbeck, what you want to <laughs> Or Isaac Hayden. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's simply our, our best player. He's the one of real, real Premier League quality who we can boast as, as ours. I never thought really we were a one-man team, but we're as close <sighs> as we're as can close be, as you we? can be at this level. And uh, I, I was always worried about that. And people say, so I know we've got Danny Williams, so I know we've got Organ Billing. But... Danny Williams could have sat in for a couple could, of games but in that, but he as injury, well has just... But we said at the time, injury-prone, Og, injury-prone, Billing, never does it sustain periods enough. I'm not sure Hog's injury-prone. He's, he's had a few out <sighs> he's, he's he's not, he, I wouldn't say he was He prone. tends to be out with niggles quite often, and then you can't rely on those to give you what Aramoy can give you. So that was the biggest yeah. lack of cover signing in the summer for yeah, me. I don't, I don't see how... A club like us could ever carry a uh, an Aaron Moy Mark too, do you know, with sort of the wage and and whatnot. But we uh, didn't have but, anybody. But we yeah, we didn't have. We, well, that were it. I think we probably thought we'd have Billing and Williams, but we've obviously gone in too light, haven't we? Yeah, hundred percent. But like 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 we've said, like Adina Hoyle said, lessons have probably been learned, or what the lessons have been learned, and I'm sure they'll do, they'll have a root and branch approach. And a few <clears> people have kind of just said, you know, whose fault is it? And, it's just collective, you know. It, collectively, okay, the, some of the recruitment was wrong, but you know, maybe the budget for the recruitment was wrong. We don't know that, but take that out. But we have had dreadful luck with injuries. We've had dreadful luck with referees ringing up on a Monday apologising for poor performances. We've lost the best manager we've had for almost hundred years. It's just not been our year. And somebody put on Twitter that uh, I think it was Jody Calvert said. What Jody? Uh, she said, you know, there was a perfect storm in getting promoted and it's almost like a perfect... She, she didn't say this, but I'm going to say it. She said a perfect storm the other way, but I call it a perfect shit storm yeah. <laughs> going the other way. Yeah. And it's it's just not happened for us. But I'm I'm not interested in blaming people. It just It's just collective across the board. There's no point blaming individuals because yeah. it doesn't get you anywhere. Like At the end say, of the day, it's a football club. A fine, it's not a football individual. It's the finest of fine margins can relegate yeah. a club like us. And it, You know, you get one minor thing wrong. On when when you haven't got the quality that others have got, you have to be lucky. You, you've, you've got to be very lucky. And you've only got to look at, I mean... Let me just give it and a that's quick, that's not just decisions with the referee. That's that's now. that's also lucky in your recruitment in that you bring someone in who's not done it somewhere else and you spit shine them and all of a sudden they turn into a a player ten times what they were. As we currently stand now at nearly half past nine, um, Watford are demolishing Fulham four one, oh so dear. Fulham will be joining us in Championship next season. That's a shame. And Fulham have spent. Over hundred and ten million pounds this that summer. That is Watford, who me and you also said we tip Watford for relegation. <laughs> so take no notice of what we talk. They are superb, aren't they? Yeah, they've been brilliant. You can't fault it. I've got no issue with, with no, them. And, and but what's... Fulham have spent hundred and ten million quid, and they are in one year. And, as I, well. and I tell you what, I'll tell you what really gets me. What's just before is you that finish we've that, been Neil? ruined by 
I can't stop, I'm on one. <laughs> We've been ruined in every corner of the media, the press, etc., etc., about how poor we are, how we're this, how we're that, how we're not this, how we're not that. Fulham have spent 110 million quid and more, and they're three points better off than us. What I was going to say. And they don't get a mention as being anywhere near as bad as us. That's because they're based in London. It's wrong, isn't it? They're it's a just wrong. team from London. Like it's wrong. It is wrong. And, and, and My little goal for the rest of this season, I just want to finish above Fulham. Yeah, I'd love to finish. And I'd be happy. Fulham. I'll take that now. <clears throat> I'd be happy now. I wouldn't have been at the start of the season. Oh, no, I'd be now. No, no, no now. If we knowing finish, what we know now, I want to finish, finish above 20 Fulham. 20 points above Fulham, I'm flicking visa. Yeah. <laughs> All over. I'm just yeah. like, we're not the worst side. Um, yeah, so... What I was going to say as well Run is over. the Swiss ramble have also done Fulham's accounts from when they got promoted from the championship and the amount they've spent to get promoted yeah, is similar to what we've spent in the Premier League. Yeah, It's it's astronomical. They've obviously got Shahid Khan, who's you know an American billionaire who's, who's bankrolling it. Um, but it just shows you how well as a football... I know this season's been a disaster, really, but it just shows you as a football club how well we have done to get there and stay there and manage to be in there for two years and Fulham have avoided any kind of criticism whatsoever and they're down tonight. So mm. I'm glad Fulham are down. And I tell you what, they will really have to strip that squad because they spent silly money. Mm. Yeah, so they'll, they'll have an overhaul like us. Yeah. And last time they got relegated, they spent a year or two down at the the other end and almost went the other way. Another, another question is when... And they're David on the third Wagner. manager this season. And when David Wagner left, people were saying Slavisa Jukanovic. And all of a sudden now you go, do you know what? He's had a lot of money to spend there and he's only got them in the playoffs. And then they were below us when he mm. went. And you kind of think, maybe he's not that good. Did well at Watford as well, though, without spending daft amounts. No, they had obviously they had the Pozzo family and they were yeah. getting players in from all yeah. over Europe, which they were kind of... Is that the year they were cheating the system or did they then close that off? I think they got shut off, did But they? they had... they they. They were he's still got two clubs. promotions out of there in the playoffs. And it, it, he has, but for me, him. he's got two. They don't compare to David Wagner's because he's 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 had access to millions there. And if he comes to us, he's not going to get that access. So no. is he as good as what it is? So anyway, that was just a thought off the top of my head. Lovely take and turn by Grant. He's right between two defenders. Grant jinks, shoots high. Wonderful goal, Carlin Grant. That's an absolutely top draw strike by Huddersfield Town's January signing. So today, I Fulham are going down today with us. So we're not the only club to get relegated this week. So that doesn't make us look as bad, I guess. But what also is out today as well, Neil, is the Blue and White Foundation player of the month and I tend not to I tend not to vote too much on this but I have done this month um, I clicked on the reply and I voted for somebody and do you want to know who I voted for? I do yeah because I'll tell you what I voted for then. I voted for Carlan Grant. Wow did you? I did I think he's uh, the I've seen improvements in him um, I still I'm still worried town fans are building him up to be something he's not Yeah. because he was wasn't great against Crystal Palace on Saturday, admittedly. He wasn't great in one or two of the games, but I see him improving. I see bits of his game already improving, and he's already got. I, I like him, but I, I actually voted for Bakuna. Did you? I, I voted did, for him yeah. last month. Yeah, I actually <laughs> voted for Bakuna just just on considering where we are and what's happening purely on effort alone 
and looking like he actually cares. And when you're in a situation that we're in and you've got senior pros mm. shying away from it in unbelievably yeah. brazen fashion. I think maybe he's... I think getting a kid like that who's, who looks like he cares and plays like he cares. Looks like a future captain. Yeah, I think, you know, it, so that's why he got my vote. Good. I like I like Junior Bakuna. I think I was slightly swayed, but he was poor. He was pretty poor against Palace, to be honest, from what yeah. I saw. But he's he's a loud one. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's, been, he's been really yeah. good. He's a loud one. He's young. This is what happens with young players. And I th- I, this is one of the frustrations I got with Philip Billing is that he was never cut any slack yeah. for being a young, inconsistent player. But, but probably he's, because he's of his shown attitude. bits and pieces, Bakuna, where you think. And another one bought too soon for this season. The project that we shouldn't have been having for this season. But looking to next season, could be decent at that, le- that level. And then, yeah. obviously, watching the West Ham game, um, the two goals that Grant got, completely different style of goal. Mm-hmm. The second one really excited me. Yeah. The, the way he rolled defenders, knocked it to the side, surrounded by you know four or five West Ham players. And he had the confidence to roll one turn and then just stick it in top corner. That actually shows a lot of promise for next season. I was flicking around Sky the other day and I accidentally came across football, well, not accidentally, but just came across football gold and I kept it on for, I don't always watch other football on on Sky because I hate football at the minute. So, because we're rubbish. And there was a semi-final, it was Southampton versus Man United, I think, in an FA Cup semi-final from a few years ago. It might have been, I can't remember who they were against. And there was a goal scored by Manolo Gabbiadini, whereby... The ball came into him. He had his back to two defenders inside the box, and he managed to swivel. And it was—it's a really good goal. He managed to swivel and volley it with his left foot into the corner. And I couldn't. Why not in League Cup final? That it was in. It was either. It was either in the FA Cup semi final or the League Cup final. Last time I knew it, League Cup. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was something. And then they sacked Puel. (laughs) I I don't mind him. They finished eighth. Got to the final that and sacked him. It's careful what you wish for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he scored a he scored a great goal. Um, obviously, didn't do much the season after. But I was watching that, and I couldn't help think if that's Mounier or Dupuatra, they just look to hold that up. They don't think that. And what I was thinking was somebody like Carl and Grant is probably thinking, "How am I going to score? How can I score?" Yeah, yeah. And that's what excites me about Carl and Grant. Yeah. There's there's a lot of work to be done with him. There's there's a lot a lot there, but there's a lot there to work with at the yeah. same time. And I don't want to get too built up on him because he will have bad games, he will have good games. But what I've seen from him in the last month is really positive. I'll tell you what's a great stat as well that Town put out, that Dave Fidel Sykes put one out. I'm going to, and, I'm going to give it, props to this credited to, um, nonsense HCFC. Ah, he has credited him, good, rightly good. so, that Grant <laughs> is the first ever player to score a senior goal in the top seven divisions of English football. See, this what a is, stat that is. This is the kind of quiz question that I want us to be part of, not who got relegated yeah. before April. Yeah. So that that's a great one. So, you know, that's one all, you know, so I'm, I'm happy yeah. with that. So, so nonsense HFC. Credit to uh, nonsense yeah. at Cracking, HFC, cracking yeah. bit of stat that. And well done to Town for publishing it and giving the credit where it was due as well. Absolutely, yeah. D- Dave always does that. He's top man. Nothing team. worse than people who uh, pinch tweets and take them as their own, is there? Do you know what I... I do, you know. Sometimes when I see this, I think I'm sure I've seen that before. I'll just copy it and then paste it into it. And there's like 20 people who've done it, and you just think, "Come on!" Yeah. And it's I always I always laugh when people always post those pictures of who did this exclamation mark. You did it, you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's yours. You just give you people phallus. credit. Just retweet. Yeah. Um, right. So 
I, I, I like your blue and white foundation thing. You like mine. Good work. Um, sl- pats on the back all round. All round. I, yeah. I'd be interested to know who else other people voted for as well. I would actually. Yeah. Know. yeah, I'd be interested because... The, the only other one who was possibly in with a shout that month for me were um, Stankovic. Yeah, the Stanker man. Um, didn't mention this earlier, but Congolo was, uh, from, from the bits I saw, Congolo was really, really good against Crystal Palace. Yeah. I thought he was really good. He's worth mentioning. that. He <laughs> plays playing for a move, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lindelof misses his header. De Quattro's in. Round De Gea. 2-0 Huddersfield Town. 2-0 Huddersfield Town. A defensive slip by Lindelof. And Laurent De Quattro, the build. Big, big Belgian striker for Huddersfield Town has taken his chance and how 2-0 Town lead Manchester United moving on to that Congolo Moy and Dipuatra have all had um, questions put over their future Moy linked with Newcastle which sparked mm. hilarity uh, with them saying he's not that good um, Terence Congolo has been linked with Fenerbahce today um, that's why I found the the amortization stuff interesting. Wondering what you know what he would go for, and and if he does go for less than we paid, maybe we shouldn't be as disappointed as what we would be on the face of it. Yeah, and um, because there's still thirteen and a half million left, it's it's almost honestly it's like buying a car. This, yeah, um, it is. And Lauren de Poitre, um I'm not sure. I don't think the club have confirmed it, but is it the examiner who maybe? Let's be honest. He's not getting anywhere near eighteen. It was obvious. It was obvious, but he doesn't deserve um, it extending. It's as simple as that. Regardless, I don't think he wants. No, I don't think he'd want to. But even if he did, he's not having it. No, absolutely not. So confirmed as going. um, Thanks for the memories. Off your yeah, we'll always remember that that goal at um, Manu at Chelsea and Man United. Manu Leicester at home. Yeah, and uh, and one of my favourites is. a Tommy Smith cross and Dupuytre heading it in down at St Mary's, where we actually came back from yeah. one down. Very rarely do we come back. From it's one easy down. to remember all the goals because they never scored many. <laughs> it's five. It's also, five. It, we could probably name it. it, it yeah, yeah, the other one would away at Watford. A cracking yeah. finish. Watford. Yeah, four-one at Watford. That was a cracking day as well. Uh, but it, it gets. I think why partly why Lauren Dupuytre is quite well remembered is because of the goals he scored. He got the goal at Chelsea, he got the one against Man United. That away trip at Watford was our first away win in about three months since Crystal Palace, I think. Um, so he scored some key goals. So I think that kind of makes him a bit more endearing than maybe Steve Mounier, who who got, you know, to be fair, he's got some big ones against um, Crystal Palace and, and Brighton last year. Yeah. But I think Man United is, is a special day. Man, Man U is always going to stand and out, Chelsea. Man United and Chelsea. And the, and the goal that actually kept you up. It's yeah, going to, you know, there's... You know, it so, takes some beating them. So I don't want Lauren Dupuatra at our club next season, but I'm happy that he's played for us during uh, yeah. this year. Um, and his song's great. Yeah, but it, Donald McDermott had it first. Yeah, but Donald McDermott were crap. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, the first time I heard that was Maxi Rodriguez at Liverpool. Um, yeah. Maxi Rodriguez, but there we go. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll finish off by going to Twitter. So I've I've tried to push in most of the stuff there. Um, <clears throat> I stuck out a a meme. I thought I'd try and be down with the kids and stick a an Ed Miliband meme in there, which didn't down didn't with get the kids liked to, slash 
Ed Miliband, you failed that <laughs> off. <didn't you? laughs> oh dear, I should have put a bacon sandwich in there somewhere, shouldn't I? Um, so I could do it one of those right now. Actually. So uh, let's go to Twitter and we'll we'll fly through some of these. Um, the reason I put this one by Terrier Blog at the end rather than at the start was because I thought it'd be interesting to get the financial stuff out of the way and then maybe we'd look at this slightly differently. In that Terrier Blog, um, don't worry, you're not Whopper of the Week this week, despite that video that I retweeted. Um, despite, despite, despite extreme whopperage, that absolute top whoppering job that you did with the interview <laughs> with uh, with Chief Whopper Welton. Don't do that again. Consider yourself <laughs> reprimanded. Do not do it again. Blake the Whopper Welton is not welcome of any kind of comment on Huddersfield Town Football Club. Welcome, Welton. So he's tweeted and said, Yo, Jan, you sell Moy, Billing, and Mounier for a combined 40 million. Dean Hoyle allows you to reinvest all of it. How do you spend it? And I think Danny Ledger kind of preempted a little bit of it by saying striker all of it <laughs> but yeah I'd, I'd like us to go to it. goals are so key for us we've seen we've, we've gone through you know people know goals are important we need to be able to have a front three that can fire next year and we can't rely on Carlin Grant to do everything no he's he's a young player who's going to be in and out yeah we need if if Mounier goes Mounier goes I, I, because he's going to the African Cup of Nations next year I'm erring to the side of Sell if somebody comes. If you'd have asked me last summer, I'd have been disappointed if you'd have going. Yeah. This summer, I I still think when I watch him, I still think a couple of go a run of two or three games scoring and he'll catch fire. I've said it all season, but it just never happens. Does happen? Yeah, it just doesn't happen. But you kind of hope down at a a, and what what people will class as an easier level, but it's not because the physical side and sometimes he's not always up for that physical battle. But you would hope that if he got on a little run, then all of a sudden there's a different player there. He's he's still only young, twenty four. You know, and he's not had. I think we we bought him after one year at um, Mont, was it Montpellier we got him from oh, somewhere yeah. in the south of France, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so he's only had one proper year there, so he's still relatively green. If Watch you like. this space. We'll see what happens. But we'll see. But yeah, so Danny's Danny's got it. Uh, at, attacking options, um, if we have it. But you know, we've got to we've got to think. You know, what's our budget going to be like next year with with the money and the amortisation? But anyway, it all depends on who goes. We don't know who's going. We don't know what money we're going to get in. We don't know what the budget's going to be. We don't know who's going to be buying the players. Yeah, there's so much up in here at the moment. It's impossible to say. We get quite a lot of questions about who we've got some later on about who should stay, who should go. I think what we'll probably do towards the end of the season is have, or maybe at the, in the summer is probably have a bit of a. A breakdown of who we did, we did it. I think I did it three weeks ago as well. Uh, who I would bring in and who I would let go and and whatnot. And we'll probably do when things become a bit clearer um, in yeah. the summer. We'll probably do a bit more on that and probably dedicate a show to or a a session if you like to it. Um, so the guys in the good books are not at nonsense HTAFC. Um, they've mentioned to us, uh, well not mentioned, but they've tweeted and said the realistic ambitions for next season and the patience from the fans. I think that's a really good point. Um, if the likes of Diakabi stay, I'd be prepared for Jan Ziva just to tell him, you start in my first 10 games, go show us what you can do. Uh, the club board will be patient. But I'm, will I'm, the fans... I'm going to echo what Cos has been saying for weeks, to be honest. He, he also says mid-table is fine, in his opinion. Yeah. I th- Next season, yeah, it'd be great to challenge, and it's a chance to challenge. But that said, it'd just be nice to rock up and know that going one down doesn't finish game for you. And you're in a game, and you can score a goal, and you can yeah, win a game. Absolutely. Just to be excited again, Even because in, let's be honest, this be season fair. has been grim. 
in the championship under David Wagner, we weren't great at that either. Um, no, but, we've but got we were solid now. and we won games. Yeah. If we went one up, you knew it was, it yeah, was the other done. way. You knew, absolutely you done. Your feet up, just yeah, like, flicky V's. And like, ju- it'd just be nice to be a, see a team with a bit more sort of bravado and a bit more swagger. Yeah, and have a go at teams. You know, get get us off the seats. And if we let goals, if it costs us goals at the other end, so be it. I'd much rather it win or lose four three. Than get drabbed. as long as we're not three one up with fifteen minutes. Absolutely, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Just, just, just yeah, to get just just to get the excitement. I mean, Cosy's yeah. been banging this drum for weeks. He's bang right. He just wants to have a few beers and have a good time. Doesn't yeah, he? and that's, that's what it's right. all that's about. What, that's what most people. Want. That is yeah. what it's all about. I'm I'm prepared. I think next season. I've said this a few times as well. And I think there's a sorting job to do for Jan Ziva. He might be looking that he can move a load on over this summer, but we're not going to get every transfer in right over the summer as well. It's important to remember some. That one player I would like us to go for, and we we almost got him a few years ago, but Stuttgart came in and gazumped us at the last minute. Was Simon, Simon Terodde? He was in the building. I know somebody who was talking to him mm. in Canal Side. He was there. Um, he was almost ours. This year he's got thirty goals in twenty six games, <laughs> and the rumor is if uh, FC Cologne, isn't it Cologne? If they get promoted, they will look to sell him, and he's close to being the top all time Bundesliga two goal scorer with. I think he's got one hundred and sixteen. And he only really, and he's thirty-one. But I look at him and think he'd be great for twelve months on loan. Yeah, beast. he'd be absolutely fantastic at that level. Grant and Dia Carve. Yeah, he's a late bloomer. He, he he's almost like a German Ricky Lambert in yeah. that the older he gets, yeah. the better. And uh, he's somebody I would, if if Colin want him, we don't get him. It's as simple as that. But if he becomes available, I would be like, get in there. Yeah, off you go. He's thirty-one. You know, there's not too many Bundesliga teams going to take a gamble on that. Um, Championship teams would, I'm sure, but get in there. Uh, USA Terrier says top six has to be the aim, surely. I think after two years, that's what I think, but I think it might take 12 months to sort this out. And if it does, fair enough. I want a manager to be able to sort it because I've, we've seen at Norwich, Daniel Farker was under a lot of pressure last year, wasn't he, when he went in. Um, he went in similar to Ziva, he managed at a similar level. Yeah. Similar positions. Jan Zivert's finished fourth with uh, Dortmund. I think Farker finished second. Um but he's he's taken twelve months to sort that out there. Uh, Zivert's gonna. I think Zivert might need a similar length of time as long as he doesn't start losing his rag and, and as, lo- as <laughs> long as he'll get the time from the fans. As long as we can see it, it you can see yeah. a positive progression, and we're entertained. Yeah, and it's it's not too much to ask for. Not after a season where we've scored, you know, however many goals we've got, about three. I think you know. I know what USA Terriers. Um, I think it's Chris, isn't it, who runs that? I think I know what he means. Top six has to ha- six has to be the aim. I think it might be, but I think if it doesn't happen at the same time, I don't think we would lose too much sleep. But I think the second year then is really key. I, th- I think if we're not pushing top, if six we don't get in year, top six, it's how we don't get in the top six. Yeah, if we're bottom three, then obviously there's well, there's got there's got to be positive. Um, moves forward on the entertainment front and I'll keep stressing that yeah so uh, Danny Smith um, good lad Danny Smith um, has has sent a message in as well um, which says what out of contract players would you offer deals to so the out of contract players are Lursel, Depoitre, Derm Williams and we'll throw in Punchin and Benz well, I think it's clear well. to see that Lursel's off which is he's he, the, only he, one, he's the one that I would have given a contract <laughs> yeah. up um, Depoitre as Thank we've just you, spoken about, yeah. thanks for the memories off your pop. Williams Williams is a tough one because 
I want to see him now in that level. If 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 he can get three or four full ninety minutes in in this running now, or at least sixty minutes a game, or you know, be involved heavily in these last six games. You got ten minutes at Palace, which is a good step. Yeah, he's he's got to earn. He's got to work really hard now and earn it because he's. He, I feel he's been bad injury for him prone, but at that level, so hard, hasn't he? at that level, he's quality. It'd be really, really good to have about the building. You, you've seen how, and I've probably changed my mind on Danny Williams a bit. Um, I've always liked him, but always sort of it's the injury thing that's really sort of ground me down and thought. We've seen how Reading have fallen apart after he's gone. Yeah. I know others have probably left as yeah. well, but I think he was a real. He was there, Aaron Moy. Yeah, you know, he made everything tick. And Eric Derm, I'll be honest. I'm not bothered. I'd c- I, we've got a one-year option on him, and to be honest, I'd. I think if he were going to be staying, <coughs> it, they'd have done that. If he was now. on peanuts, then you'd say, "Yeah, it'd look good," but I'd, I it's wouldn't imagine happening. he is. Um, the the option, no. Williams probably. Derm, no. Lawson, no. Williams. Punchin, absolutely no. And Benza, just purely because of the fee that's agreed. If he does stay, absolutely no. Allegedly, we've. We've not seen anywhere near enough of him to warrant that kind so of. So this is, this has come from the French end. Is that apparently yeah. we paid three and a half million to take him on loan, uh, which would have been a down payment on the rest, which would be ten million to take left. him. Um, to be honest, it's a top end championship fee, but looking at is he a top end championship player? That's the question. We he's, just he's don't only, see anywhere near enough. No, he's twenty two. This is you know now is the perfect time you'd be seeing him to make that judgment, isn't and it? And when you've got to consider that the budget will be mm. somewhat trimmed from what we have spent last two years, I would rather get a proven Torado than hundred percent yeah. Benza and somebody like. I know this isn't going to happen because Southampton and better teams are watching, but someone like Ollie Watkins, for example, yeah. yeah. Like, and it's very unlikely we could probably. I know I've said we want to put the big boy pants on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but he might be very difficult. Well, so to you've got to be realistic. <clears throat> yeah, you've got to be realistic. realistic but somebody it. like that. Yeah, you know what I mean, somebody but, like um, the other, the other lad, the Algerian French one, who's who's there. I can't remember his name. Is it Benarama or something? Yeah, he's yeah. also very, very good. Um, Although they are getting absolutely spanked tonight. Yeah. So uh, Dan Peckett. So thanks for your messages as well, Dan. Um, across the week, not just this one. Uh, he said, in your mind, which players stay and which players go. <coughs> uh, Molly Firth has also um, sent in a similar question. So again, Molly, thanks for your messages as well in the week. It's it's very much appreciated. Um, she said, which players do you think will stay and leave in the summer and opinions of Ran- uh, Jan's recent decisions regarding players, realistic expectations for next season, which we've just done, uh, including transfers and players we should go for, which we've we've also just, just done. Yeah. Um, I think just going back to Dan's point, um, Dom Lister, sorry, Dom Lister as well has said uh, player by player. Now that relegation is confirmed, who do you think will be here next season? Um, we'll probably do that a bit later on. Um, of the so-called fringe players in our squad, who do you think we should keep and who do you think we should actually sell fine clubs for? Arguably, I would include Williams. Uh, that's from Sam. Uh, he shoot Coca Cola, uh, and Mike Terrier seven and twos uh, along the same thing. What what kind of He's along the lines of what will be our policy, youth for profit, or um, our players to get us back up and challenge. Uh, so uh, I think it'll be a big overhaul. I think there'll be a, a case of ten in, ten out, and uh, you know, realistically, you you you. you would D- say, Dean Oil's almost <clears throat> intimated that there's going to be quite a turnover. 
In that, Sievert said in the that, same thing yeah, as well. Jan so, Sievert in, in those things said there's going to be a turnover. So I Jan, Jan Sievert needs a turnover because I think there'll be a lot of players scarred by this season. Yeah. And a lot of players this, who just probably need freshening up elsewhere. One thing I didn't mention earlier was Christopher Schindler also did an interview after the game and I didn't really mention this earlier was the, the main thing that he said was this has been tough for us yeah. in the head. Yeah. And that is, you know, a lot of those players are absolutely on the burnt their knees. Out. They're done. And we need to, mo- they need to move on. We need to move them on because if they're here next year, we're going to be like Stoke this year. Yeah. Up against um, it from the start. Exactly. So they need to go. Um, so I, I would imagine 10 will go. Lussell's obviously going. Uh, I don't think a championship team can afford uh, two goalkeepers, uh, two quality goalkeepers. So I would imagine Ben Hamer will probably start next year and I don't think he'll move on. Uh, he did all right against Palace, to be fair. Yeah, he did. Uh, Coleman, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure what will happen, but he's still under contract, so he'll we'll probably, we'll probably be number two. So I yeah. wouldn't imagine a new goalkeeper. Zanker, I imagine, will go. Um, Congolo's been linked elsewhere. Uh, Derm will probably go. Um, Flo Hadajanai was linked elsewhere, and he doesn't seem particularly happy, so off you go, Flo. It, well, he's, he's, he, he doesn't fit in with Siva, so he's going. He, he's not fitted in with me since day one. And I'll, I'll be honest, he's, he's, <laughs> I just haven't he's taken no to loss. Him. No, without being harsh, he's no loss. He's no. Derm will probably go. Williams, uh, it'd be a shame. Moy will go. Billy will probably go. Um, realistically, hopefully they stay. But I, I put a list on Twitter the week, and it was long. Yeah, I, I and there, I were, there were some people say there's no way all they'll go. You'd be surprised if if there's a taker, they'll go. Yeah, it's as simple as that. And and someone mentioned earlier what players might we struggle to move on, and I think you maybe look at Colin Kwana, but. With Colin's attitude, it probably wouldn't be a massive disappointment if we couldn't move him on because he'll no. be he'll be there next year. And he's, Plus, in the scheme of things, he's probably one of the nicest blokes. It costs us less than half a million quid, so in the scheme of things, he's, he's very very cheap. Mm. He'll he's on um, he'll be on obviously with the wage. And he's probably got what so. a year left if he signed a three year deal. So yeah, so it's it's not it's not the biggest one that's going to cripple us. That is it. No. But I wouldn't be disappointed if he stayed, that's all. Um, the interesting ones for me are people like Kachunga, um, Chris Lerver, These Pritchard. are the ones that people don't necessarily think about, aren't yeah. they? Um, Pritchard, I, I would sell Pritchard. I, I, I'd sell Pritchard, but in that level, depending how we play, it could be really good. It just... You know what I've said about Pritchard since day one? It just don't fit in a... Well, I there, there were a chance on Saturday for a breakaway. And he... And it just doesn't. It's not happening it just doesn't do, do it, it for me. I've, I've said since day one is that he was the wrong type of number ten. And if he plays with three, well, and as it stands now, we don't play with a number ten. No. So, so if, if you're going to be playing the three, Pritchard doesn't fit. No, he doesn't play. He played wide left Norwich when they finished mid table, and he was he was all right. But James Madison was the real star there, and I was really keen on him. But obviously, but Siever looks to be wanting three quick players up top, and he doesn't fit. Pritchard in that, and he's not one of a middle three. No, I look at the four three three, and it's very similar to the way Klopp lines up at Liverpool, and they do sometimes play a, a Lallana in that middle three. Do you know that a kind of player like Pritchard? But he's good in the middle as well as Pritchard. It's the final third where I, I get frustrated by him. Um, if he could play in that middle three and not be physically, because in the Premier League physically he gets bumped off too much. If he could play in that middle three and not and move the ball without getting bumped off, he'd be great. Let's be, you know, yeah. set pieces wise, he's got yeah. great delivery. He'd be great, um, but for me, he's a number ten, and he has to fit a certain system, and he's he's not fit for us. And maybe it might be best to just off your pop, uh, yeah. shake hands. Thanks for your effort. He does work hard. Yeah. Thanks for your effort, but you probably need to find someone else who suits you better. The summer will tell. The summer will tell us a lot of things about where we're going. 
Uh, yep, so um, Mike says, lack of director of football, who's targeting the players for next season? Josh Marsh, not Morris, so not the rugby league twin winger. Um, Danny Ledger said, uh, as, as Rajiv Van Lepar returned, because uh, he's been... Uh, He's been tweeting stuff with his Huddersfield kit on again recently, but he's back. Um, being seen to for an injury is what I, I sort of have gathered, you know. So he's he's receiving treatment here, which is it. Um, so I think it's I think I don't know if it's a back injury. So what we'll do is we'll finish uh, Neil not with a song, but just by talking about the next game, Leicester. We don't often do match previews because we tend not to look forward to them. But now we're relegated. Um, I have one question. One question: Where is Abdulhamid Sabiri? Where is he? Pass. He's fit enough to play for the German under twenty ones. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think he started, uh, and he didn't do ninety minutes in both games. But I want to see him. I he's one player I've thought would be quite good in the championship if we could get some minutes under him. I really, really want to see Sabiri to sort of gauge, or so Sievert can gauge where he's at. Um. If we don't see him from now to the end of the season, then I he's gone. Probably, he's going. Yeah, uh, that's that's as, you know what you can read into it. Yeah, but I want to see him because we took we, we we brought this lad in who was scoring a goal every other game as a very young lad for Nuremberg in Bundesliga two. Actually, ironic that his his last game for Town was where he played for Germany. All right, um, yeah, yeah. So, at yeah. Bournemouth, he got injured yeah. at Bournemouth, and he played for he Germany. Did yeah? Um, did he make his debut against Leicester? Who we've got on Saturday. I don't know. I'm probably making that up off the top of my head. Um, I want to see more minutes for Danny Williams as well. Those are two things I want to see. I want to see Sabiri. I want to see Danny Williams. Matt Daly's been on the bench three times. I want to see him. Yeah, he needs playing now. Yeah, Don't let him watch him. all the time. Get him in. Yeah, I want to see him. Um, Start him rowing Grant up front. Let's get on with it. Why not? <laughs> I want to get 20 points. <laughs> Aaron Rowe's done very well. Start Grant the Quatrim Monier then. There you go, you say. Too far the other way. There you go, you say. Too far the there other go, way. There you go, you say. You're going silly now, Neil. You're going silly. <laughs> I'm tired, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Mick um, at four underscore candles one says, uh, the last Twitter point today is, uh, treat our last six games as an extended pre-season. Don't play the likes of Zanka punching and Lossel. No point. They're gone in the summer. Let's get some fringe players blooded in against Premier League opposition because it'll be invaluable. And that's pretty much what we've said as well, isn't it, Neil? So. We'll end on that point. Thank you to everybody who's got in touch with us the last week. Um, we'll hopefully be back next week as well, rather than having a, a two-week break like we have done the last few times. So thanks for listening, and we'll uh, we'll go out again with uh, with that nice little cover version that we started with. Thank you very much. The Sanders almost run through Huddersfield Town's Premier League timer. They knew it was coming. They know it's nearly here now. Confirmation of championship football for next season. There goes the final whistle. Huddersfield Town are down and down on the ground where their Premier League adventure started in August of 2017.
Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.